Jigs and Bigs is proud to announce we're being supported by Old Glory Outdoors. They're a veteran-owned company that carries fishing and hunting gear. Plus, they're highly active in supporting veteran organizations and charities. Old Glory is an authorized dealer of favorite rods, FX rods, Guggenbaits, X-Zone lures, Sixth Sense, and many more. There's a brick-and-mortar store located in East Brookfield, Massachusetts, but you can also order online at oldgloryoutdoors.com. They ship anywhere in the lower 48 states or order online and pick up at the store. When you order, use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS and you'll save 10% off your complete order. Plus, you'll help support the show. Make sure to check out the apparel line called OGO Gear while you're there. Old Glory Outdoors believes in the slogan, start them young, to keep kids away from screens and enjoying nature. They've got a full array of live bait too. Check out oldgloryoutdoors.com and use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS, save some money, and gear up now. What's up, everybody? Bobby Rose Beef here for Jigs and Bigs, and it is Tuesday morning or whatever time it is that you're actually listening to this. It's it's, it's actually that time, but technically, full disclosure, right now it's 10.30 a.m. on Monday, and we're 30 minutes away from our, our current Instagram giveaway coming to a wrap, and we'll do this uh, unveiling of who the winner is in just a moment. But I got Sean the Fisherman with me. Sean, how are you, buddy? Happy Thanksgiving. How ha- are you? Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, bud. How was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was good. I ate food. I slept. I woke up. I ate more food. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, it was uh, mine. Mine was was kind of similar. I mean, less sleeping, uh, but it was really nice. It was a small get together, which uh, which was kind of nice. And uh, I thought it was going to be this big like shift of like, oh, you know. We don't get to see everybody, and it was. I kind of liked it. I kind. I was kind of okay with just having a, a a small get together with with my parents and and uh, my wife and kids. We had a good time. My my sister had to work, which kind of sucks, so we didn't get to see her. But uh, you know, that's that's how it is when you're out there saving lives and shit. So. Yep. What can you do? But yeah, it was good stuff. Uh, had a, had a good time. Great uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I th- really overall. I mean, Wednesday night was uh, definitely different than most pre Thanksgiving Eve is the unofficial term uh, for for anybody else. I had to do uh, a little bit of working, but and normally I take that night off. I consider that night, especially in the bar restaurant business, that's kind of like amateur hour, like that in in St. Patty's. I try to stay and away New from Year's those Eve. days. Oh, yeah, New Year's Eve for sure. Uh, but, you know, something about, like, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, I'm kind of like, yeah, let's not. You know, we'll, we'll take that night off. But, this, you know, being that the bars and restaurants can't do what they normally would for business, they kind of wanted to make sure that they were going to have uh, have some business in there. So they had me in there. We had a great game, whole lot of fun. And then uh, Thursday was Thanksgiving. Friday, I did uh, a bl- uh, what I, I like to call my hangover, uh, hangover, my holiday hangover games at my regular venue on Friday. And we had a, a great time with that. That was a good time. And then you and I got together for, we'll get into the viewing of what we, what we had, uh, the, the, the content that we, we consumed that day. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But uh, overall, let's go ahead. Let's jump into uh, as as far. Well, let's get to fishing, and then we'll get to all the other stuff in a bit. So, Sean, you you didn't fish at all this week, did you? No, I've been. Uh, I mean, if you want to cover my week, just real briefly. I mean, uh, Wednesday 
I don't go out on Wednesdays anymore on the, yeah. on the night before Thanksgiving. So that was uh, yeah. that was a quiet night for us. Um, did some homework. Thanksgiving was again eat, sleep, repeat. Yep. Uh, Friday, Black Friday, I actually did something fishing related, but not fishing. Yeah. Um, Friday, uh, I did some research and I found that just on a whim, I decided to re re research. Is that the word? Re search, whatever. Re research. Re research. I looked up the uh, the tackle boxes for our jig kits that we've been, you know, um, needing. Yes. Uh, I looked them up at Walmart and Walmart finally restocked. I thought they were discontinued. They were mm-hmm. not. So I spent Friday, Black Friday, at a Walmart, which normally, under normal circumstances, I would avoid like the plague, but it wasn't so bad because of, well, the plague. We got, uh, I, you and I were talking, we're talking all that day about trying to track them down, and and we found them at Walmart's close enough that I picked up um, all but one. Right, so we're ready to go with the rest of the jig kits. I'm very happy yeah, with that. that's huge. Yep. And then, uh, you know, I chilled out for the rest of the day, and then um, you and a, a friend of mine came over to, to watch the Jerky Boys mm-hmm. um uh, record release stream, which had its ups and downs. We can cover that in a little bit. And then, uh, so well, that was Friday, right? So Saturday, my, uh, my brother came over. I took Saturday as a complete blow off day. Yep. Saturday, my, my brother came over and once every four or five months, just one day devoted to hanging out, playing video games, bullshitting. Yep. And that's, that was Saturday. Um, and he introduced me to a new game and, and I'm very pleased with it and I'm hooked. So that's now an issue with trying to get schoolwork done. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, yeah, and uh, and then uh, yesterday was schoolwork all day. Time I woke up till I don't know. I went to bed at like eleven or twelve. Just schoolwork, schoolwork, schoolwork. Catch mm-hmm. up. So today here we are. When we're done with this, I'll do more schoolwork. And uh, not a, no fishing this week. I took a took a break from fishing. Um, and you know that's going to pick back up because tomorrow. Yeah. The the chronic trips December tourney starts. Yeah, it does. This this is the first real cold weather one. So we're going to see how this goes. This is a new adventure. I'm interested to see how this plays out. I've been uh, specifically reaching out to a lot of uh, uh, the the friends of the show that are in more, um, I'll say a little bit more mild climates than, uh, than some of us northerners up this way. And I've been reaching out to some of them trying to get them involved because, I mean, I... I, I think, uh, especially for a, a number of them, I feel like the ball is totally in their court. Like they've got this thing locked. All they got to do is just take a take a take a leap of faith and give it a shot. So it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, we'll we'll see exactly what happens. I'm ramping up for ice fishing. I'm kind of my brain is definitely more focused right now on ice fishing and getting ready so that I can actually go out and do this and kind of give that the full send. I, I want to. Um, as far as fishing for me, I got out twice this weekend. I went out on Saturday with my buddy, Paul, uh, (laughs) we had a very interesting, uh, conversation back and forth via text that morning. And, uh, I wasn't hundred percent sure if he was going to make it or not, but he, he showed up like a trooper and, uh, we just fished this small pond nearby. Uh, I wish I had more, uh, excitement, uh, exciting news to give anybody, but, uh, we got skunked that day. Uh, this is very, 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 very hard bite. I threw uh, a lot of finesse, uh, but I also tried to cover water as well with uh, as as small of the uh, moving baits as, as I could. And actually, I had probably a little bit more as far as nibbles with that than, than anything else. And then Sunday, my kids had uh, conned me into taking them out for uh, an, an, an outing in the afternoon. Uh, not to fish they said oh yeah we want to walk the trail at uh, such and such 
you know, and oh, you can fish while you're there. And so, you know, that's the that's the deal they made. And uh, I, I, I put a couple hours in there. This one body of water that I went to was is super pressured. I haven't caught a fish there in weeks. I mean, it's been really, really tough. They have they have pretty much turned off in the uh, in the main portion where where I am. But uh, you know, I mean, hey, we'll we'll get there. But like I said, my my brain is a hundred percent on on ice gear right now and trying to get out there. My goal is to try to get out. Uh, maybe half a dozen times uh, over the winter, if if possible. That's my that's what I would like to see happen. We'll see. Uh, it's a lot of that's going to depend on on the locality of safe ice. We'll see. Oh yeah, you know that's going to yeah, have, have a whole lot to do with it. But I'm willing to take six, a ride. <laughs> yeah, six is a good goal. I think last year I got out maybe three times. Um, we never had ice on our pond. That yeah. usually increases my numbers. Um, so that's an easy one if you ever definitely. You just say, hey, I got a couple hours, you know, that's easy as parking in my driveway and walking to my backyard with yeah. me, you know, because, you know, I've explained that the uh, both on air and off that it's 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 not public. So I'd have to be there with exactly. you. Exactly. You know, that's that's an excuse for me to ice fish. So I'm yeah. fine with that. Oh, absolutely. Um, I know uh, this week up here, I think we're scheduled for some rain, a lot of rain. I yeah, believe, and then, a lot of rain this week, which is good. Get the water levels back up. Yep. But um, I, th- I think I'm heading out. This this coming weekend, if I can, out east uh, with uh, with Nelson and cousin John from the Fishing Report, mm-hmm. we might meet up with uh, with Nate Shagnon. We're tossing around ideas right now. It's all going to be weather dependent. So sure, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. up for it, and it also depends on the amount of homework I get done this week. Because that too, I, got, I just. It's just so much writing. If anybody's going out there is going for their masters or has their masters or a higher degree, like good for you guys. This sucks. <laughs> I, oh. I hate writing five to ten page papers at the drop of a hat. Yeah. I hate it. That's it's a lot, man. It's a whole lot. Especially like it's even that much harder after you've had a lapse in being in school. Like it's one thing if you're just doing it all all at once, but if you're just like you kind of you know step into the working world, you know do do the 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 you know grow the family, all that stuff. Then you get back into it. You're just like you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. So yeah. my hat's off to you, dude. That's that's not easy. So what else and, we have? On? I, Go on. Oh, Oh, I was just going to say with the college stuff, like the way I did it, I mean, I know the standard in America is get out of high school, go to college, focus yep. on college for your four, six, seven, eight, whatever it is, years. 12. And then go, yeah, and then go ahead and get your, uh, get get it gainfully employed at that point. But I mean, I definitely went the backwards route, whereas I went to school for a couple of years, entered the workforce, quit school, entered the workforce without a degree, then went in the military because I, I knew how important school was. Yep. And I wanted something to pay for it. And that turned into a career. So when I restarted my bachelor's and, you know, changed my major and went from fine arts when, you know, you and I were hanging out originally. And yep. then when I was in the military, I decided that uh, aviation, there was an aviation related degree, an aviation management degree I went after. And that, you know, with with when I started that in active duty, man, from that point, because I was going to school part time. I mean, I, I, I took me nine years to get that degree. So I got it in 11, 20, 2011. Oh, when, yeah. Uh, you know. Went down to the school. The only time I did everything remotely. So the only time I ever visited my school was, was to walk the stage at graduation. And uh, when did I pick my master's back up? 20, like 15, 2016, I think. Yep. So now I'm on, you know, just with sporadically knocking them out whenever I can. Now I'm on year four of a, you know, two year master's, but that's, it's life, you know, yeah, I, as long as, how it is. as long as I finish it up, that's the important thing is finishing it up. So hopefully by March I'll be done. Well, I should be done by March. I'm not planning on going any further than that. So yeah. done by March and then 
you know, we got a big 2021 coming up, which. Yeah, that's the plan. Yet, we'll see. Yet, a, yet another teaser. People hate us. Oh, I know. I know. Well, you know, I say, I say, well, we'll see. No, there is 100% some amazing stuff happening in 2021. I, you know, for a lot of people, they're, they're, you know, trying to plan for, well, what if this, uh, what if life doesn't go back to normal right away? And it's, I mean, even if, even if it does go back to normal for, uh, some of us, it's going to take some time to get there. So, uh, we'll see how it goes, but, uh, yeah, Sean is not, uh, blowing smoke. We've got great stuff, uh, lined up for 2021. You're not going to want to miss out. Unfortunately, that's about all we can share right now, but, uh, to protect be, the innocent, be be rest <laughs> assured that when we're allowed to uh, pull the curtain and display this mass wonder of of amazement that we have for you, a hundred percent we're going to do that. There will be live streams and everything. Trust me, this is huge. Get get the drum ready. What are we? What what kind of curtain are we pulling? Uh, it's a beef curtain. <laughs> of course, you <laughs> you expected something less. Why? Why are we twelve years old? I know. It's, it's you know. A- just speak, speaking of which, speaking of twelve years old. So my sons this year, um, while I was enjoying video game day with my brother, yep, we got the Christmas tree on uh, what day did we get it on Friday morning. Actually, Black Friday, we went and got the Christmas tree. We we go to a, a tree farm locally. We cut our tree down every year. We tag it and cut it down. So we went and got it. Oh, and it was the first hauling job for my new truck. By the way, the, the oh. Tundra has has arrived. I have moved into a, a big boy truck. Yeah, um, you did. My kids, are, my kids are enormous and they can't fit in the back of a Tacoma anymore. So uh, that's been going perfectly well. Um, anyways, we got the tree on Friday. So the tree, the tree's up. <laughs> my kids decide they're going to decorate it. My wife put the lights up. My kids are just getting all the ornaments out. Well, yep. at some oh, at some point, in the, at some point in the past, someone got us or we got a an ornament that was simply a pickle. Have you seen that? Like that oh, we made the rounds a couple years ago? Yeah, we have. Yeah. One of those. Well, so my wife alerts me as I come downstairs and says, wow, the tree looks really good. You know, our oldest son did a bang up job. He was throwing ornaments all over the place, really spaced out, did a great job. And she goes, look what the kids did. And there's two shiny balls right behind the pickle. Of course there are. Of <laughs> which, course there are. Which is staying up because that's my house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. And my wife's laughing. She's like, yep, they're your kids. I go, yeah, they are. That's how things roll in my house. <laughs> Oh, that is awesome. I'd expect nothing less. Yeah, we I, we have that. There's a tradition with that pickle ornament, too. Like, you're supposed to... It's got to do with, like, who opens the first gift or something. I think my wife knows all this crap. I I, I wow. have no idea. But, yeah, there's, like, some kind of, like, a, a, a theme or something to do with that ornament, that pickle ornament. I don't, I don't understand. But, yeah, I got to give I gotta give them credit, man. That's all. What a, t- talk about a couple chips off the old block right there. They're, they're, they grow old so quickly. They really do. <laughs> and all you can do is hope that they'll make you proud like they did. And that's, you know. That's it. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, also, I should say, speaking of uh, of being uh, juveniles, why don't we jump on and talk a little bit about that Jerky Boys record release? Okay. Yeah, that was amazing. So it, it's no secret, you know, I mean, Sean and I are uh, clearly of the generation of the jerky generation, if you will. Uh, we we kind of, you know, we grew up, we get this humor, you know, we're... Uh, 
crank call aficionados of our own and appreciate <laughs> the work that the Jerky Boys have uh, have put out there for for the world to really celebrate over and over again. It's it, it's 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 a level of comedy that has never died. It will always be funny. Uh, even younger generations think that this stuff is hilarious. But uh, Sean got wind of a uh, a brand new Jerky Boys release and uh, jumped on board to get. Uh, what was it? Um, what was it like a listening party, I guess, or like a, a preview? A, I think it was a record release live stream. Yeah, so. it was It was a live stream. So you had Johnny Brennan from the Jerky Boys. And who was the other guy with him? Was he from Gotham? I don't know. Uh, he, he, was, he was either from Gotham or what? Was he a producer? He might have been. That's actually I think he was because he could have been. A it seemed it seemed like yeah, it seemed like Johnny was asking him some of the questions about tracks and stuff like that. So I assumed he was a producer. I may be wrong. I, I don't. Yeah, that's a good point. We should look into he, that. But yeah, he he wasn't a jerky boy, so I don't care. No, no, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it was it was pretty good. And and I had actually afterwards all weekend long, I've been listening to that that new new album on Spotify, and uh, it's great. It's great. You really should should give it a spin. It is fantastic. Oh, I will. Especially, and I, I feel like I've dealt with callers like this, the Bikram yoga one. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. The guy on the phone for the Bikram yoga, oh my God. I feel like I wow. deal with that guy all the time in my business, but... It, it <laughs> yep. So we watched, I mean, we watched that. The, I mean, the big takeaways from that were, and I really thought about that. I'm going to give that, I'm going to give that 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 uh, solid uh, a B minus for the whole night. Yeah, right? I, think, because, I think it was... It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Here's my factors on the B minus as to why it wasn't like an A. Number one, it was twice the price of some of the three hour like streaming concerts I've got over the past year. Oh, yeah. So I've gotten like excellent shows for eight dollars. I mean, um, that was like 16 bucks. And then the uh, the other thing that kind of sucked. And and I think Johnny Brennan knew he was walking into a trap on this one was they they had advertised that he was going to do prank calls on air and what do you think happened no one picked no up one phone. picked up the phone exactly so so that's you know 2020 and well that's the digital age you know what i mean that's yeah. that's the way things go um other than that the new tracks that they put out there um for us to listen to and some of the storytelling that was done was was great fantastic so yeah those two those two things kind of knocked it down and other than that i thought it was uh, i thought it was a great show was, you know and once the, once they mentioned on that they were going to try and take live calls, immediately my head went into two spots. First, I was like, nobody's going to answer their phone. It's so hard to get people to answer their phone now, unless mm-hmm. like they want something from you, <laughs> you know, or you know they're expecting you and know you know and know know who this is. Plus, it was they, I know they had advertised they were doing this uh, six p.m. Pacific time. But the it, the they were in New York when they did it. So you were talking yeah. about it was it was nine ten o'clock. It was ten o'clock by the time they were making these phone calls on the East Coast. So I mean, I'm not sure if they had vetted these calls beforehand or or what it was to to make it you know to get an idea of who they were calling. But uh, yeah, just I had a feeling it wasn't going to go the way I kind of hoped. <clears throat> I think they had they had vetted them because they were talking about. Hey, this is so and so, and he works like quality assurance at a meatpacking plant. Yeah. They knew that they knew who they were calling, they but knew. I'm wondering if if um if it will who you know they, they didn't say where they were yeah. calling if it was East That's Coast, true. West Coast, Central. Um, the I mean the the highlight of the night was there was they played one of those new calls, and I think it was the one with the uh, it was a Social Security one. Oh my God, that is such you, a good call. 
you, I, and my buddy that was over uh, were literally crying. Doubled I was, cr- I was crying. Yeah. I was laughing so hard. That was, they still got it. <laughs> oh, know, that was. And when they got him to lose his mind on the other yes, end, oh, that was yes. like bravo. Because I've had that phone call, the Social Security Administ- Administration. Like I've had, and I'm sure most of our listeners have probably been like, I know exactly that phone call. Yeah, they got him, and they got him good. So go on yeah. Spotify. You can check the album out right there. It's it, it, it it's good stuff. It's it's hilarious. Um, I'm never going to look at an iRobot the same. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> These are just things, you know, we, we've grown and to that, deal with. That one's available, I think, on YouTube because that was their yep. quote unquote opening single for the, for the album. So, yeah, that was a good one. We've been we've been making fun of that one for a week or, you know, throwing catchphrases around and text messages. Oh, yeah, that was a so, good one. Yeah. That was really good. I, I, you know, it was just it was one of those things. I'm kind of glad that that they're out there. I listen to the Jerky Boys with my kids, you know, and I don't care if people think I'm a bad parent for it. <laughs> I'm like, I listen to the Jerky Boys with my kids. And, you know, as bad as they want to enjoy crank calls, that heyday has gone. Yeah. You know? You just you can't do them yourself, so you might as well enjoy them when you know the old timers used to do it, but pre caller ID. Yep, and I don't I don't know how you got introduced to them, but I remember very clearly um, in the early '90s. It was either '90 or '91, I think. I can't remember if it was eighth grade or freshman year of high school, but I mean, most of us got introduced to the Jerky Boys through a like a tenth or seventh or eighth, ninth, whatever generation cassette oh yeah so someone had recorded them over and over again that's how you know it's not like sharing i mean i I know god this is even going back 20 years but napster kind of blew the doors off of quick file sharing but before that it was you had you know you had a, a recording of some sort and you either had components on your stereo you know which was expensive and to this point actually still is which i i can get into in a second yeah um but you can you used to record it that way, but most often than not, for kids like us, for 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 cassettes and and shit like that, we would just put two cassette players, two boom boxes facing each other, yeah, play yeah. one and record the other. So the sound quality went to shit after like three generations. Oh yeah, you just even, it just even, got worse even and worse. worse than normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would you would have a tape that you could barely hear, and you would have to screw around with the graphic equalizer just to be just to just to make it audible. And then, you know, you'd be sitting around with three of your buddies around, a, you know, a high end, whoever's parent had a high end stereo <laughs> trying to get the sound out and just laughing. And then you would turn around and try to do it yourself. I, uh, or, so I'm told. I distinctly <laughs> remember when Jerky Boys 2 came out and, you know, you and I, when that when that came out, we were both at Bernie's and yep. we were of the age where we were out buying music regularly. And I can remember somebody I can remember being in that that storeroom at Bernie's H.O.T. And I know I know for a fact you, myself and Billy were there. Chuck may have been with us. It may have been Chuck who put the tape in. And I just remember all of us being buckled over in laughter with some of those initial tracks. And they said that 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 was the album that really like blew up for them. Like people went out and bought so many copies. And then from there, they went back and and bought the initial one, you know, because they were looking for more more content. See, I I remember that exactly. We were laughing, but I remember you, myself, Billy and Chuck all being or whoever it was all being like a little above it because a we lot knew. of those tracks a lot of those tracks on that second jerky boys album were uh, were bootlegged yeah. we'd heard them a for lot five years yes we're like you guys are just getting this now like we've been on that we've been ahead of the curve then you know but that's how things used to happen you know mm-hmm. and even, even going back even further going back another 10 years you know 
you take some of the thrash bands. That's how thrash metal really that's went how it, nuts because yeah. people were tape trading, you know? And that's it's that's true. It. Yeah. Shitty quality tapes and and let's get a listen and you know, that's that. Um what I said what I said a second ago about the uh, the, the audio stuff, uh, yep. audio equipment costing money. So my dad I had a conversation with my dad yesterday and I was like, "Hey, what do you want for Christmas? And he's like, Hey, see if you can find me a CD player. Cause my dad, my dad and I both still listen to CDs, but yep. for different reasons, he kind of has decided that's where he's going to stay in time. I have for another reason, because I'll still listen to audio files, MP3s, um, even windows media, whatever. Yep. But I like having a hard copy. Yeah. Like I, that's my, I like having, I have hard copies of CDs and I have, you know, I'll, I'll make sure any CDs that I have, I throw onto a, um, um, an external hard drive, just in case I lose something. I don't want to pay for music more than once, mm-hmm. but I, I make sure I have a hard copy. That's me. He's doing it because he's, you know, he's getting in his seventies and he doesn't give a shit yeah. about MP3s or small players or anything like that. He just wants a CD. So exactly. I get it. two different reasons, but it's still around. So he asked me for a CD player. I started doing research. So I said to him, I said, I think, I think what you're going to find, and I have two of them in the house are the little, little, you know, you've seen how small like DVD, Blu-ray and CD oh, yeah. players have gotten out there. They're, they're tiny they're smaller than laptops oh yeah they're super tiny i said yeah i said dad that's what i think you're gonna find but i know he was looking for a big component like drawer five disc cd player yeah, and yeah i like looked a them carousel. up yes and i only found three companies that make them and they're all high-end now oh i believe it so denon yamaha and cambridge yep. and i'm like dad you're gonna pay 300 dollars for this do you want to do that or do you want to get one of the dvd blu-rays and he's like i'm not getting those some of the DVD Blu-rays now at least have a re- have a, a screen on them so you can see what track you're on and the time. But like the ones I have are so cheap. I just bought cheap ones. Just yeah, there's just like a next button. DVDs. You're like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> where the where where you're gonna go in and see the menu on the on your on TV anyways. If yeah. yes, so um, yeah. So that's that was kind of interesting to see that. That was a learning experience for me. I'm like, wow. That's so. If next time I have to buy a CD player, which Hopefully, it won't be anytime soon. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pony up because that was not cheap. They were like seriously starting at 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. But I know the sound quality is going to be there, and that's what I look for. I mean, you've seen my audio setup. Yep. I, I don't. I don't fuck around with audio. So <laughs> it, it <laughs> I is. I fuck around with audio. He says. <laughs> well, I mean, we got a couple minutes till it drawing. I'll tell everybody what I have. I. I I actually have a uh, a Technics receiver from 1985, and it's it's the most powerful receiver I've ever purchased. I mean, I can't get it up over. Hang it's, on, it's on a, it's a, I can't get it. Oh, you God. got I, I. I put that one on a T for you. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did. That was a bunt um, right there. That was a bunt. Yes. So, uh, so that 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 receiver has a, a slide for volume. That's how old it is. All right, it doesn't even have a, a yep. knob. <laughs> so it has a slide and it, I can't even get it past, I think two on a scale of one to 10. Cause it's so loud because yeah. I have it run. I have it run through a graphic equalizer ampl- amplifier, which is great. I have an, um, I have a first generation and this is kind of funky, uh, first generation, uh, CD DVD burner that yeah. I use for my, um, my CD player that I got in like 2000 or whatever, or what 2002. And then they are run into, my holy grail of audio, my dad's speakers. He has J he gave me JBL century one hundreds from like 1972 that yep. he got on his Vietnam tour. He got them in Hong Kong. So I had to do some refurb with those. You've seen the repairs I did on them. They were a little beat up. Yeah. And, speakers uh, don't last forever, but yeah, you can bring them. Yeah. Back. I mean, the terminals were shot. So I replaced those. That was yeah. easy. But the, the, the big thing that I didn't want to spend the money on was the, uh, one of the, one of the woofers had a tear in it, not a rip or a puncture, but like it was layered. 
Yep. Like it wasn't, I don't know how that thing got that way. I honestly, I looked at it and I said, I'm just going to hit it with Gorilla Glue and it worked and it hasn't decreased the quality that I've noticed, which is surprising. So Gorilla Glue for your paper woofers, people, people, if there's any issues, Gorilla Glue will fix it. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's fucking loud. It's loud. <laughs> it sounds that, that is way. a It sounds, but it's, it's beautiful. Like it's, it's a really high quality sound. Yep. Um, I mean, the, the, the wood that those speakers are made of, you don't see that shit anymore. I don't know where, I don't know what forest in Bavaria those speakers were made in, you know, those, the wood came from, but my God, <laughs> little Smurfs are handcrafting loudspeakers in like the black oh, yeah. forest somewhere. <laughs> it was definitely made with Smurf labor. Clearly. So, yeah. Clearly. So, I mean, those, I'm happy with my audio setup, and I hope it never dies. Oh, no, I, I hear you, man. But hey, before we jump into this drawing, let's yeah. jump into because this this intro has been all over the place. I mean, there's been nothing really <laughs> for, for fishing to get into. So we kind of been just do, doing this whole thing. Let's jump into last Tuesday evening and get into our conversation about roadkill. All right. Oh, uh, that's going to take a while. You got to we got to we got to go in like, what, five minutes here? We got we got four. Four minutes. Well, keep in mind, though, this is a podcast that's going to be edited, so it, the drawing will have happened at that point. I can do the drawing in the in the meantime. Then we. Can, oh, oh, I, yeah, th- I, well, I know about. that. I thought you were trying to. I thought you were trying to do it in flow. Oh okay. no, no, oh, no, never mind. Oh, let's talk about all sorts of shit then. So let's jump into that. <laughs> I, I want to jump ahead, and uh, so this is what I'm actually going to do. We had. I want to get his name right. I want to say it was while you're uh, while you're looking. I'll just jump on something else too for an update for all of our our wonderful loyal listeners. Uh, you did a lot of hard work over the past couple of days, and you've you we you ran it by me, and we think we have found the shirt company and merch company of our dreams. So we're going to be pursuing that. So the official Sean the Fisherman shirt is eventually going to be made. We we are baby stepping it because we want to do this right. Um, but what you showed me yesterday, that website, um, that looked good. So nice job on you. Yeah. So that's actually a a great thing that we should certainly mention. I had uh, just put out some info about uh, about when was this was this during our live stream, our Thanksgiving live stream? I think we mentioned Mm. it then. Or, or maybe previous episode of the podcast. Earlier on, we had mentioned that uh, there we, we have a couple of designs in the works, specifically one that we're calling the metal shirt. Uh, that shirt uh, design, I think I've found the store. I think I have. I had a list of, in total, it was like 16 or 17 different uh, companies that do merch. And what we needed to was whittle those down to a company that drop ships, like what we currently use with Bonfire, but one that would allow for us to put out some products with some unique printing that weren't an option with, uh, with Bonfire. So we have found another store. They have far more products to choose from, which is great, but we've got other designs too to go with a lot of this stuff. So uh, it'll take some time to get get up and running, because we're uh, not exactly privy to a lot of this stuff. We're going to have to uh, get a little bit of help from from this one company to get things up and running and make sure quality is where it needs to be. But it's happening. And so once it, it does happen, the uh, website will be updated with the new store info and everything else uh, for everybody to check out and kind of enjoy. So let's go ahead and jump into this. So so the, the, the roadkill thing, this is this is what I let me let me set the stage for everybody. So this was last Tuesday. I had just wrapped up my trivia game, and and this was Tuesdays. Sean uh, Sean had had his family there, uh, you know. And I get this message, and it hits me just out of the blue. I said, "Okay, this is a little bit interesting." So I get a message from uh, Nick Leon, 
And Nick writes, and he says, Just hit my first deer listening to your podcast. Safe to say I'll never forget it. Which was amazing. My initial reaction, I commented back, I wrote back, I said, Oh, you okay? There's the alarm. There we go. I said, you okay? He says, oh yeah, I'm fine. Just know that 50 years from now, I'll be remembering who the Jerky Boys are because of this very moment. And I said, <laughs> then my work here on this planet is done. Smiley face. Uh, it was uh, pretty interesting, but it got us talking about, you know, because once you say, oh, so did you hear so-and-so hit a deer? Everybody shares their stories. So Sean's got a story. I've got a story. And uh, I will say this. Uh, my, my wife and I, when we went to go pick up the puppy, we had taken a, a nice long drive through Pennsylvania into Ohio. And on the way there and back, we counted no less than 51 deer carcasses on the side of the road. Uh, and this was like we did a, a round trip there and back within a 48-hour window. So it was it was a lot of time on the road. We counted all these deer because we had nothing else to do. And uh, so that was interesting. So, Sean, tell me your story. I've got two. I'll do them okay. chronologically. The the longer story is first, and it doesn't have as much punch, but it's very interesting. It's a it's an it's a great FYI story that people can research at their at their will. I did <clears throat> so being stationed in Nebraska for years. I would drive home. I think I drove home three times. Uh, I think oh uh, one, oh two, and oh three. I drove home, or I think maybe I flew home once and drove home twice. Whatever. I did drive all the way home. Took a couple weeks off, and and drove. So I um. There was a class I was I was in the middle of taking um, on fiber optics. It was an entry level or intro level to fiber optics. Mm -hmm. So I had I had to do the the this one project, and I was really struggling to come up with something on you know it, it was broad. It was anything that fiber optics or anything to do with with really manipulation of light. So I said, okay, I'm I'm thinking about this now. I drive home. Um, let me think. So where I was at, uh, Omaha is on the eastern part of Nebraska. So Iowa, you know, I'm thinking about it, nothing. And then I got to, what's after Iowa? Indiana, I believe? No. Iowa, Illinois? Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, I believe is how it goes. So I'm in one, I'm in Illinois or Indiana. And on the side of the road on this one stretch of 90, there was a big sign saying something like, uh, beware animal indicators for next like two miles. I'm like, what the hell is this? So I keep driving and, and every whatever it was 500 feet, there's a, a what looks like a light post with a couple of solar panels on it mm -hmm. and two like indicators like you would see at a railroad crossing, like lights. So there's a sign up saying if an animal is in the road, beware lights, the lights will go off. You know, so what, what I found out about those was when I got back to when I got back to Nebraska after the trip, you know, and I, I saw him there and I saw him, I saw him in two states. I want to say it was Illinois and Illinois and Indiana or keep coming to mind. Maybe it was Illinois and Pennsylvania. I can't remember if I went through Pennsylvania that much. Either way, I mm -hmm. saw him in two states and that really got my attention. So I started doing the research when I got back for that, for that course. And, it, and uh, it turns out that there's a small, like a, a laser, like a trip laser, you know, like a little, little trip beam, whatever you want to call it, that yep. if an animal breaks, breaks that beam, the lights are going to go off and it's going to alert the driver. The driver can then take defensive measures driving to avoid whatever animal is in the road, whether it be a deer or a raccoon, mm -hmm. whatever. So then I started researching more and more. I'm like, well, that's cool. I mean, it's solar. So I guess that's light. I can kind of weave that into a research paper, I guess. And then I started doing more researching on what other you know methods were available for avoiding this problem because I mean you know as well as I do it's it's funny to say roadkill but you know 
you hit a deer with your car, there's a chance you're going to get seriously hurt or possibly even die. You know what I mean? It's, it's no joke. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so then I started doing some comparative research to other methods and I found, you know, building overpasses and underpasses for the animals. Um, I know a couple states are using them, but they're incredibly expensive. Like it's, you're building a road, you know what I mean? It's not cheap. Um, and one of the other methods I found that was being used and I'm, you know, forgive me. It's been a while since I went over this, but I used it. I used it as the paper was a topic. I found a, a gentleman who was using light refraction techniques. Okay. So light refraction is the basis of fiber optics. You know, you, you send light within a, basically a wire made of mm -hmm. glass, <laughs> broken glass, and it's reflect, it's refracting um, various angles to get from point A to point B. <clears throat> and you encode it, you know, you put your information on there on the frequency and it's gone. So using these little refractors, these little, I mean, they look like, um, they look like what we would use up in the Northeast and actually anywhere there's snow, you know, so you put on the, your little reflectors so, so the plows can see them mm -hmm. when you're see your driveway, see the road. So they're yeah. not carving up your lawn. We use those up North, but these were, when you look down on them, they're triangular shaped. Mm -hmm. The flat end went away from the road and the two angles, um, went the two thirty three the 30 uh, degree angles went, um, they 30, 45, whatever they were 30 degree. I think it's 30. They went pointed at the road. And when they obviously there's no electricity or anything hooked up to them. So they were triggered by headlights. Because if it's broad daylight, you can see an animal. Yeah. But at night, at night, dusk and dawn, that's, you know, low light conditions, you're going to have your lights on. So these reflectors or refractors in that case mm -hmm. were red. So when your light hit them from your car, they were staggered on each side of the road, just like a fiber optic, you know, a fiber optic line. Gotcha. Um, and the light would basically flood the road from these refractors with red, with infrared. So the animals can see that because you know when you, they say a deer in headlights, a deer staring at you, they don't know what the hell it is. No, but if you if you hit if you're if our headlights were infrared, the deer would freak out when they see them. The raccoons would freak out when they see them. They get the hell off the road. Yeah. What this guy did was basically made the road into a you know a faux fiber optic cable with infrared. Yep. You flood the road with the red. The animals get the hell off it. The, yeah. You just have to stagger them up and down so that. The, the infrared, you know, if it's, if a deer can see it, maybe a raccoon can't cause it's above its head. So you just got to get maybe two or three set at different heights, which I thought was fascinating. And then the costs of it were nothing. I mean, how many, well, you can get a bundle of those ref reflectors at, uh, you know, Walmart for what a package of five for like five bucks, six About bucks. That. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, you can cover a, a, like a mile of road for like $50 plus main. It's nothing like the way these things work. It's, it's great. So um, I ended up contacting the, the the company's owner for the report. I mean, I did a knockout job on this report, and I was very proud of it. So proud of it that I had a speech class a couple of years later that I had to give a speech on, and I brought in my all the information the guy gave me and did the same thing. So I got I got some mileage out of this report. I got two A's on this thing, and the funniest thing that that you know, and honestly, kind of sad thing that when I was interviewing the guy. Um, it was a streeter, Mr. Streeter spelled S T R E I T E R. And they're called obviously streeter lights. Mm -hmm. Um, the streeter system. When I interviewed him, he had said, I, I, when I got the information from him, particularly about the costs and the maintenance costs compared to anything else, like those solar panel ones I described, dude, those were like, those were like five grand a piece. 
a piece. So, and you needed whatever, mm-hmm. 30 of them to cover a mile. And this, you know, comparatively, this was nothing. You know what I mean? And I said to him, I said, why aren't more people using this system? This just seems like a great way to keep animals off the road so drivers don't have to react to them. He goes, I wish I had an answer to that question. So any uh, any public officials that are looking at reducing, you know, ro- roadkill period, whether it's, you know, deer or moose or anything else, look into the system if it's still around. I mean, it was 15 years ago I did this report, so I have no idea if the company's still there, whatever. But that mm-hmm. it was a very interesting, low-cost solution to preventing, you know, damage to cars, possible deaths, injuries. It seemed very common sense. So I don't know why high roadkill states like Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's got a rep for it for gear. And uh, I don't know why it's not being used, but it was, it was inexpensive and it just seemed like a smart thing to do. So there you go, Mr. Streeter. I'm still pumping your product 15 years later. Look at that. Yep. So um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, share some info with you while you've been doing that. We'll, we'll continue this roadkill stuff in just a moment. Okay. I, I, I have done this drawing three times um, so far. And, well, this is my third time that I'm doing right now. Uh, our first winner that came up did not follow all the accounts. The substitute <laughs> that came up did not follow all the accounts. Pause. This is a lesson, people. There are rules. Read them. Please don't just blindly jump into stuff. This is going to become very important come 2021. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. You need to read rules for things you're involved in. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna throw this out there. That uh, So I did a follow-up, and uh, we had a conversation about somebody who actually had just entered this, uh, this tournament, and they won it, um, but did not follow all the accounts. So that's three? That's three of them. Then I checked number four. They did not follow all the accounts. So now I'm going, this is time number three. Well, go ahead and draw it. I'm, I'm going to give a PSA. Follow the rules. Read them to follow them. It's a two-step process, folks. We love you guys. We want to see you succeed. We want to. We don't want to do this over and over again. Okay, let's see. We want to give you free shit the first time. I, I, had high, I had such high hopes for our audience. I know. Is- I know. <laughs> Hang on. Was that a new Boston Terrier puppy cameo that we just heard right there? That, that was a Boston. There we go. Yes, we have a winner. We have a winner. All the accounts are followed. Everything looks good. The one and only Mr. Uh, Christopher Debari is our winner. Hey. Yeah, Chris Debari nice. is our big winner for uh, our, our November giveaway. So that's 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 the important thing, folks. So I we have to run this uh, this giveaway until we get somebody who fits all the criteria, and uh, Chris is the first one that gets it. So there won't be a substitute this one around because that he was the substitute of the final run, the one that I had run through, where all the uh, the the bells are checked. So nice job, Christopher Debari. How many how many times do you have to run that? Five. Four? Uh, that was that was time number three. He was the substitute on the third one. Yeah, he was the substitute on the third one. So he is our big winner. Chris Debari will be 
mention it or we'll be DMing you uh, with some info and we'll hook you up. He's a, he's a local guy, I think, isn't he? I have no idea. I think so. I've been uh, messaging him, I think, every now and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I want to say he's a, if, if he is a local guy, then we, that's great because then we can just deliver his prize to him and uh, and save on shipping. I'm all about that. That is awesome. Congratulations, Chris. Good for you, buddy. You got some really, really great stuff from some good friends of ours. Uh, Reaction Tackle, Dark Horse Tackle. Of course, you know, you get your jigs from uh, your jig kit from Jigs and Bigs. We've got uh, an assortment of plastics from Stretching Lines Angler's Gear. We've got a whole bunch of bestsellers from Old Glory Out doors and of course we've got uh, a package from Hookset hoodlums i'm just waiting on some of those items to arrive and uh, once that's the case we'll get them out to you whether you prefer us to just ship them or drop them off to you uh we can do that so congratulations buddy good for you so that that is that does it uh, i I'm, I'm glad we we have a winner um it, it took a little a, f- a few go rounds to go ahead and do where uh, we found somebody that had all the boxes checked but uh nice job nice job and i'm so, not going so to that- no what's up uh, so that was so you said it was time number three, right? So every time you pick, we pull a primary pull and an alternate. Yep, a primary so that and was, an alternate. So that was person number six. So there were five fails. Mm-hmm. I'm a little disappointed. I don't want to steal from Chris's thunder because it's awesome. He won it, but like, come on, folks, we're better than this. Well, you know, you got to got to make sure that 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 all the all the boxes are checked. You know, everybody's you're following all the right stuff, and you know, it's 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 doing the the lottery. I mean, some folks will just comment and tag people, which is great, but in doing that, you're not fully entering. You got to follow all the accounts that are listed, all the partner accounts in order to be the winner. That's that's a major one. Some of these are, are already ones that, especially if you follow us, some of these are already ones that you're already following. So you got to watch for those those other ones that are new to the must follow game. You know, it's like, that's the thing. That's uh, especially with the prizes. A lot of these are new, so they have to be followed. So awesome. Well, I'm glad for Chris. That's great. I mean, this is a really, really good package. Uh, I'm not going to out anybody as to, you know, the names that we did pull before beforehand because i don't want to you know piss all over their dreams or anything like that but yeah. put up put up the uh, game of thrones shame gif that's all we need to do that's all we Just need shame oh. shame but no i mean we we, we i knew eventually we'd, we'd get a winner that would come up that had all of the criteria needed and we got it so let's get back into roadkill now <laughs> That's the best segue I've ever heard. Let's get back into roadkill. Enough, enough with, with with the winners of this this monthly giveaway. Let's get back into roadkill. So go ahead, pick up where you were, Sean. Well, just just to, just to put a put a nail in the coffin yep. of the question you just asked. Yes, Chris lives in Mass. He's uh, it looks like towards a little more on the eastern side of Western Mass, but he's around. So we'll we'll, we'll close. Chris, get in touch with us. Yeah, congrats. All right, back into the roadkill. So here's where shit gets dangerous. So all this, all this cross country roadkill investigation. Yep, all the shenanigans. Yeah, all that 2003 shenanigans. All the stuff I know about preventing roadkill, preventing injury, and preventing auto damage. Oh, for sure. Doesn't mean doesn't mean a shit up the shears. Okay. No, it so, doesn't. A few years later, when I moved back home, um, I was actually driving to work up the shears for about a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um. And at the time, my, my wife had just, uh, we had just had our first son. And I, I want to say she was either off that day because she worked with me. We were both working together up at the, uh, the same location. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so we were driving from Springfield to, geez, Pittsfield every day. It just oh. sucked. Yep. So um, there was one day she was not there with me. At the time, um, and this is funny because of my height, you always hear that you know, that, that saying the tall guys always come out of small cars. 
<clears throat> well, with all my cross country jaunting and and everything over, you know, whatever from 2003 and four to I don't know when it stopped, 2008, I guess. Those five years, I had bought a, a Civic Hybrid. Mm-hmm. So so I had you know my gas mileage. I was getting 50 miles to the gallon. It was nuts. Well, when you're like, going was, to Pittsfield every day, well, that's a good decision. Coming, Coming home from Pittsfield every day was where the mileage was. Going up the mountain sometimes because it was a different hybrid system than like a Prius, where mm-hmm. I basically those those first gen Civics, and I don't know if anything's changed. I had the second year they were out that I wanted them because they didn't look like a hybrid. It looked like a Honda Civic. Yeah, yeah. You know, what I mean, it was the same frame. But here's the thing: it had a battery pack in the trunk, a huge battery pack. Gotcha. And the 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 engine was basically a go kart engine. Oh yeah. So there was a there was an integrated motor assist. So the the the, the the, the charge kicked in, or the electricity helped the car go faster. But if you had no charge, you didn't go very fast. No. <laughs> so going up the mountain, I had to build up a charge going, geez, I think from exit six all the way to Westfield where the, you know, you go over the river, you go over the Westfield river on the oh, bridge. Yeah. And then it, if I didn't have a charge half before I even got to the Blanford rest stop, I was, my wife and I would be pulled over in the breakdown lane going about 25 miles an hour with the blinkers on. So that happened. Oh God. But I got on the way back home, the gas mileage was nuts because I would just I would just leave it in fifth gear and it was it was a standard too. I just leave it in fifth gear and let it coast, and that battery was charged in about two minutes. But whoa, you just oh I believe the, it. I, I believe there was uh, electricity pickups on the on the um, uh, on the axle somehow, and as it spun like that, it would pick yeah, it, it would up. Generate, it yeah, 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 yeah. But going uphill, it was just it was bad. It wouldn't it wouldn't work like that. Yeah. So the charge would get expended as it got drawn and it just, it was a mess. So anyways, I had this civic hybrid. My wife was not in the car with me. I had a gym membership at Berkshire community college so I could use the gym after work. It was on the way home and it was November and it was, it was in the middle of a cold spell. It wasn't just in the Berkshires. It was like five degrees out statewide. And this was 2000, November of 2006 or seven. And I am, I am driving home, sweated up, wearing gym clothes, you know, a pair of gym shorts and, and a t-shirt. And I didn't change. I didn't bring extra clothes. And I'm driving down Route 7. I remember this is how long ago this was. I had still had a flip phone and I had answered a call from my brother. I had called him or whatever and we were bullshitting. Mm-hmm. And the windows were up, the heat's on. And I'm driving and there's, uh, it was a two-lane road on my side, two-lane road on the other. And there was a median in between. And I'm driving south. All of a sudden, from my side, the driver door window explodes. I thought some kid was hiding out through a brick or something through my window. I fucking went off the road. I screamed. I didn't know what the hell happened. I pull off, and I'm adrenaline rushing, but I'm looking around like, okay, what? trying to assess the situation. I've got glass all over me, and I'm looking around. There's no brick. There's no projectile. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I look... I, I look in my rear view, not my side view, because that was gone somewhere, but my rear view. And what do I see about 30, 40, 50 yards behind me struggling? A doe. Oh, okay. So a doe jumped the median and hit my window going, you know, I was going probably 35 or 40, mm-hmm. hit the window with its face and just exploded it into me. And thank God, whatever whatever Honda makes for their impact for their windows worked because it it smashed, but I did not, I was not a, a porcupine of glass. You know what I mean? It was safety yeah. glass. It crumpled and then gave. And I was like, whoa, what the hell just happened? So 
<clears throat> there's a couple punchlines to this story. Number one, um, I called the state police. I called the police, right, and said, mm-hmm. "Hey, they, they said, well, you, where you're at? There's a state police barracks right there. Have, you know, give them a call." So yeah. I have a relative who's on the, who's a trooper. I called him. He said, "Yeah, call the barracks. I know who's working. Ask for so and so." They came out. So because now you know, I got family involved with this, right? And it's it's fun because nobody's hurt. The trooper comes like, "Hey, so and so's relative." Yes. Okay. Where's the deer? So I don't know. The thing got up, struggled in the glass, jumped back over the median, went out of the woods. Maybe it's dead over there. I have yeah. no idea. So how are you supposed to or know? It's, or it's got a concussion. Maybe it's a, maybe it's in the blue tent under the protocols. I have no idea. Well, obviously, <laughs> you know, concussion protocols in the NFL weren't around at that time. I'm making a joke. But exactly. The um, the cop then looks at me dead face and goes, "Look, we were promised a deer." <laughs> Like they were going to eat oh. it. I'm like, and I've done, I've done that once or twice myself where someone has told me like, Hey, I got venison and it's roadkill. Well, okay. What happened to it? Well, like we saw the deer get killed and we harvested it immediately. Okay. That's the two times I've eaten a roadkill deer. Well, this time he's like, give me, he's like, I'm just kidding. I'm like, Holy shit. Like I got a state cop asking me, where's the deer? We were promised deer. I'm like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gone. I have, I, I have no control. I'm sitting here freezing my ass off. So that was punchline number one. Punchline number two was I now had an hour drive home in five degree weather with no window. With no window. Oh, my God. Yes. Punchline number three to that story is that also happened with that same car under different circumstances where someone broke into my car in Worcester um, and, uh, and was in process of stealing all my wheels after a concert. And I don't know what spooked them. They left, but the car was, you ever seen how people jack up a car when they're stealing shit? They'll throw, a, they'll bring a spare tire and put it under, right? Gotcha. These guys brought two. When I called AAA and the cops, AAA arrived and I told them I have a four lug rim. They, of course, went and got four tires off an Acura. That had. Which had five yeah. or whatever it was. They had, I had four, they had five, whatever it was. Yep. So now I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? I have no window. I have no, t- no wheels. Right. And they're like, well, we can tow it. I'm like, well, no, that's not happening. I got to get home. And I have my buddy with me. Well, what happened was the, the car, the, uh, the tires, the rims and tires, they had left the, underneath the car for a Jack for yep. a makeshift Jack. They had the correct number of lugs, but the, those wheels were two inches bigger than what I had. So we put those no. on the rear the two that were that we yeah, the two wheels that they didn't get we left on the front so basically i had this you were like this <laughs> i had a jacked up racing civic with no window for the ride home in again five degree weather in november december whatever it was that was the first time that was the first time i'd seen anthrax and testament and that was an awesome show and ended poorly oh so yeah, um, i would say so Dude, yeah so here's sucks. the follow here's the follow-up the final punchline to this show or to this uh, this uh, roadkill event. So when I got it evaluated, when I got that car home and really took a look at it. Yep. So here's what apparently happened. The deer jumped over the median. Its face or hooves went into my window and it's stuck. All right. So I am now still going forward. The deer, deer. No, got stuck just for like, I'm talking split second. Gotcha. Got stuck. And the deer's body's momentum going that way stopped and then swung so it smashed my whole front door mm-hmm. and my whole back door and left God knows how much deer hair and all the, the handles. And then somehow this is this is where the Kennedy mystery bullet comes in or the magic bullet comes in. Somehow 
my side view mirror on my front door ended up on my dashboard in the passenger side. So I don't know if the deer made the initial impact and then kicked the thing up and it somehow, you know, got bounced off the deer, bounced off me and then ended up on the dashboard. I have no idea, but Hmm. bottom line, um, both doors had to be replaced. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if they ever even vacuumed all the glass out of the, you know, the air conditioning system to this day. I have no idea, but ended up being five grand. It sucked. Holy it crap. sucked ass. That, that poor car got, that poor car had three accidents. That was the second, that was a third of them. No, that was a third of them. The first one, the week I bought it, um, tornado dropped in Iowa, but before it dropped in Iowa and Nebraska, we got hail the size of golf balls. So my car looked like a golf ball three weeks in. That was awesome. I bet. And that, the second one was I tried to make I was drilling up in New York for about a year. I was part of one of their guard units. And yep. to get there, I I didn't know. Like I was still active duty mindset of get to work. No one had called me and said stay home. Yeah, exactly. So I drove through I drove through a snowstorm up in the up the shears. And then I don't think that's the Catskills going up there. Whatever's whatever's on the other side of the Berkshires in New York. I was going through those mountains. Yep. The snow, the snow, I got ahead of the plows. And when, when I got ahead of the plows, I was going just a little too fast going downhill. My car did a 180 and I went into a guardrail backwards. Fun times. So that bent the frame. That was great. That was another $5,000. Oh my God. Fucked up. But that car was Frankenstein the shit out of that car. That's crazy. Weather and acts of God. Like I, I can, I can blame the golf balling of the hail primarily on the Offutt Air Force Base Park and Rex Department because they knew yeah. there were storms coming in and they still said softball was good that night. And I yeah. still went. It's their fault. I'm not I taking still blame said for that. Softball was good that night. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh yeah, the the, the uh, turning around, that's my fault. The deer, I I have no it was well, at I night. Mean, that's the thing. You you especially with like highway driving. Now yeah. my my deer story, I was driving a what was this like a it was a late-er model, like late 90s model Chevy Cavalier. I don't know if you remember these cars, but they they had a hood that kind of scooped down somewhat. Yes. So it, it was very, very low. And this was at a point where I was working at a local TV station that I worked for, and I was working master control third shift. And I would work – the shift was the weirdest shift. It, it, it was a, a weekend that I was there and it was like, I would go in for 2 AM and be there until like sometime about 10 or 11 o'clock, something like that. No, cause this, this was even earlier. It must've been an, an odd shift or something like that. But I was coming home in the morning after working all night long. And what I would do a lot of the times is I would take this kind of back way to cut back through your neck of the woods over through Holyoke. And then I would grab 202 to head up back. This is back when I was living in Belchertown. So I would grab 202 that way. And there's a little industrial park near the, any locals in Western Massachusetts will know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's near the Holyoke Mall. All right. And, you know, the Holyoke Mall is it's a it's a mall. There's not a whole lot going there. And there was this one day, one this this one morning I'm there and I have I can remember I have this big like Ford Explorer behind me just riding my ass. And there happens to be this spot. There's all these large uh, buildings. And in between them, um, you'll either have, you know, there's this one spot where there's just big empty field. But in between the lots, you have these ridges, these lines of trees that go and they kind of carve out the shape of the property. 
And I get to one of these sort of transition spots where these trees kind of come out and like four deer just go and start walking right across in front of me. Now I'm probably doing about 30, 35, nothing crazy. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm coming along here and all but one of the deer stops and I have this car behind me and I have this split second where I'm like, well, I'm either going to slam on my brakes uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to end up eating it from this guy, or I'm going to hope this deer, you know, try and swerve. So that's what I tried to do was just kind of move out of the way. Nope. Deer didn't stop at all. It's like, he was just like, I'm already on the other side of the road. And because the front end of my car was so low, I basically took the son of a bitch's legs out. <laughs> oh my God. I took his legs right out and he goes and falls forward. Now this is so fresh in my mind because it all happened in like slow-mo. So he falls forward and starts sliding. This is a good-sized buck. Like, this is a good-sized buck. Comes up and starts rolling up on the hood. The hood, I can hear it's crunching underneath him. And then he gets up on the glass. And this all happened in, in real time. It happened in like a second. I, I'd be dead if he came through that glass. I'd be dead. He would have kicked the shit out of me. Um he comes into uh, up onto the glass and it spider webs all over the place, but does hold its integrity. The hood is shot. He then proceeds to slide off of the driver's side panel uh, into the middle of the road and is laying there on the side of the road. I go and the the guy behind me uh, in the in the uh, uh, the explorer um, just guns it and cuts cuts off to my left and and, and takes off. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? It's just me and this deer. And I'm looking out the window. And as I look out the window to see if the deer is still there, there's no blood, nothing. There's just hair all over the hood, all over by my windshield wipers, my mirrors, everything all over the place. And this deer gets up and looks at me, shakes it off and keeps going. Like, like mine. And you know, you know what I've heard? Um, and, and what, actually one thing I did talk about with that state cop and then down the road, yep. uh, my cousin, the next holiday I saw him, I think it was Christmas or Thanksgiving. He goes, you would not believe like when we get a call, he goes, all you have to do at, at high traffic areas for deer is look in the woods right off because a lot of them will get smacked. They'll have internal injuries. They'll get off the road and then they'll just die. They'll die right once in, they get in the, the nearest woods. woods. Yeah. They'll yep. just, they'll just collapse. And that's that happens a um, lot. That's fucking. You're lucky, man. That's the, awful. Yeah, we're both lucky. Shit. Yeah. The cop was like, when I ca when I called him, there he got there and he's like, "This is crazy." He's like, "I would never expect to see a deer, at you know, this close to the mall. Like, there's nothing, you know, you would just never ever expect it." But I mean, you know, it just goes to show. <laughs> so, yeah, and yeah. you know, you know, what's funny? I, I I think did we talk about at any point that I've been a guest on the show or whatever, a co-host or whatever you want to call me? Have we talked about the my bear incidents plural no, no okay so so it's not like super you know i didn't hit any of them but for for years with all the times i've been going up the shears you know whatever since high school i never saw a bear until maybe five years ago yeah never nothing never saw one and then one day um i was driving up the shears and there was a there's part of the road on 57 where there's like sheer mountainside on one side and then the other side's a, a drop and the road's kind of like perched there and a bear had run across the road. He was climbing the mountain. And I was like, oh, that's great. My first bear. That's awesome. <clears throat> and then I saw one. I got a call from one of my neighbors. Like, this is like th that same year. I got a call from one of my neighbors. Hey, you got a small, you got a juvenile bear in your backyard. And I did. I got mm -hmm. pictures of him running through the backyard. I'm like, okay, there's two. Then I'm driving to work when I worked over at Bradley. And I, it's early morning and there's a new, um, 
there's a new like little building a veterinarian put up on 75. Yep. And it was, the sun was just coming up. So it wasn't pitch black. And there was a bear that had to have been 400 to 450 pounds. This oh, thing right. was immense. And he, I, it was early spring. He probably just got out of hibernation was mm-hmm. looking for, you know, whatever the either food or ass. When do they breed in the, in the fall or in the spring? I'm not sure. Uh, whatever. He was out there looking for something, but um, he was going right through that parking lot and nothing was stopping him. So a couple weeks later, in the woods right near that place, I was turning out of Bradley out of the airport. And I actually pulled over and yelled at him, stay on the goddamn road. <laughs> Laid on the horn just to be an idiot. <laughs> oh. and I always honk at deer just to keep, so they know there's a road, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so bears everywhere. And, I, and I'd never seen them before, whatever it was five years ago. I had one and, bear uh, run in recently. Yeah, just like, go. you know, driving uh, through it was actually it was, it was uh, was it was it around? I think it was around my daughter's birthday and my my wife had asked me to go. I remember she sent me to the bakery for one reason or another. Like she was like, oh, we need cake. I, so I, I'm guessing I'm going to call it my daughter's birthday. So I go down to the bakery and I decide I'm going to take the back the back roads, the same back roads where this deer incident happened, actually, uh, a little bit further away, not in the industrial park. I, I'm going through this one neighborhood in West Springfield, and there is, I mean, this this bear had to go 300, 350 pounds, like big size bear. And I'm, I, you know, it was a nice spring day. Like I had the windows down. I was, I had fear cranked up. I'm listening to it, singing along <laughs> a great, like awesome day, you know? And I'm like, it was also just like my head was in a weird space too, because this was very early into whole, like everything was shut down. My business had gone to shit. Like this is pre jigs and bigs, you know? And, and I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm driving along and I see this bear and it was, there was a car in front of me who had slowed. And then as soon as this bear crossed over the yellow line, he just gunned it and took off. And I kind of slowed to go by it. And I could see like, you know, you just, you just get this close. You're like, holy crap. But what was amazing was when he crossed over the other side of the street, there was a driveway and a line of trees and then another family's front yard. He starts hauling up that hill into that yard. And there was a family like out on the porch, like maybe they were doing yard work or something. And I could hear them go like, holy Christ, get in the house. It was just unbelievable. I laughed so hard. It was great. <laughs> uh, hopefully they're okay and the bear is fine. Yeah. But, uh, you know, hey, it's all good. So, so just to dispel, a, a, I think, a, a common misconception, um, for those of you that don't live in the Northeast in America, man, we... We're, it's we got plenty of woods up here. It's yeah. not like it's not like it's all. It's like city as long as you can go. Actually, to be quite honest, having you know been out in the Midwest and lived out there, our cities are compact. Yeah, like very, very, very compact. Like compared to Midwest cities, like it takes forty five minutes to drive across Omaha. I mean, it's nuts. I believe it. But if there were, and that's with no traffic. If there's no traffic in Boston, I mean, you can go to, you know, from the seashore or from from the ocean, from the bay to what like Natick in 30 minutes yeah. right yeah, yeah 20 minutes i mean you're you're boston's com- compact in you know, comparison, um, yeah, yeah, it, it, that's, that's yeah, where a lot of our cities are, and especially when you yeah. get into like you know Western Massachusetts, you look at like the urban areas that we do have. You're a 20 minute ride from being in the woods. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, let's, let's, yeah, even even my, I mean, I'm I'm in the suburbs. Yep. You know, I've I've got we've got, and this is another misconception. Connecticut, um, Northern Connecticut's got a ton of farmland. Not many people know that with yeah. all the tobacco fields and shit. And there's plenty of woods and plenty of fields, and there's deer. Um, we got plenty of black bear. Yep. 
um, fishers. I know they're called fisher cats, but they're giant weasels. Everyone yeah. thinks they're freaking cats. I always try to dispel that too. But they're. I mean, you ever see? You've you ever seen one? Oh yeah. Have you ever heard one? Scare oh, the dude, shit I, out of you. It's not, on a it quiet sounds night. like somebody. It sounds like a child being stabbed. Yep. It's the worst noise in the world. Yeah, you're like, what um, the hell is that sound? Yeah, yeah, it's it's awful. Baboon being stabbed. That's what that's more appropriate. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have all these animals. You know, one thing that uh, drives me kind of nuts around here, and especially living living on a pond, is that every body of water, compared to like the you know the industrial revolution and prior when they were just hit, hunted to extinction out here. Yep. Every body of water has like nuisance beaver in it. So we get them sometimes in our lake, and we just got to try and get them out of there peacefully and just you know make them realize this isn't a good place to live it's not your spot because <clears throat> getting permits and stuff is kind of a pain in the ass and you got to get a trapper and this mm-hmm. and that and they got to do it humanely but um I, I remember you know on the roadkill theme my parents living so close to the river and with a main road right there on uh in chickabee um there was one time there was a actually you'll know where this is right right by the former location of uh of Annie's. Oh yes. Yeah, the bar. Yeah. Which has long since There's a lot been of knocked down. Sloppy beaver that gets thrown around over there. Wow. I'm not arguing with that. So uh <laughs> Annie's has had a uh a volleyball pit for years, and right next to that was a little bit of a marshland. Once Annie's got knocked down, I guess apparently the beavers that were living in the Chicopee River decided they wanted whether it was food or whatever, because they eat plant life, you know. Yep. They wanted to get over there, and one of them got whacked by a car. So Chicopee Chickabee didn't clean it up. The, the DPW never got there. And it was the middle of summer. So you can oh, imagine what's no. happening. So my dad one day, and I think this was when I was living temporarily at home in between like going to a military school. I think when I got out of active duty, I was going to military, uh, another tech school. Yep. He had, he came home one day and this beaver now it's like day three or day four. And this thing is just swelling from the gases. And no. now it's like, now it's like the size of a fucking beach ball. This oh, thing is God. disgusting with a tail and it just stinks. And there's hornets and wasps all over it and flies. And every time you drive by, like you drive by and like 20 feet later, you go, oh, what is what is that rotting smell? And my dad goes, finally, uh, we were sitting outside and he goes, what in God's name is that down the road? I go, that's a beaver. He goes, it's the size of a beach ball. It's huge. I go, yeah, it's a gas. I go, it's going to burst. It's going to be real bad. And then like a day later, it was a, a skeleton with skin hanging on it. And the smell got worse. <laughs> it was it was horrible. If there's, you know. I'd imagine that's what the smell of hell is, is rotting beaver in the, in the summer. It's just disgusting. I believe it. So yeah, there you go. I can't think of any other good roadkill stories. What a uh, weird show this is. Well, you know, I didn't get out and fish this week, so it's I got to, I got to, hey, we got to, I got to go in different directions. Some kind of content anyway. Oh, what and a, especially if we want to start talking about other outdoor things in the future. Well, let's start true. with dead kill. animals. Why? Why? <laughs> prevention experiences all these different roadkill so i'm gonna throw out a little call today yeah i'm gonna throw out a little call to action to our listeners if you have an interesting roadkill story uh you know feel free to share it with us over at jigs and bigs 413 at gmail.com or visit jigs and use a contact form you can send us uh send us your roadkill stories if, if you have any and see this <laughs> that's the thing nick look at what you spurred this conversation literally came from that message where he's like holy crap i just hit a deer are you okay we're gonna run with this you know that's that's yep. that's the extent of it so what did what did nick earn out of this a nickname, Roadkill Nick. Roadkill Nick. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Nice job. Nice job. Hang on. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. There you go. Roadkill so, Nick has has done it. Do we have anything else to go over on the uh, 
on the list of not my list of stuff. Yeah, the only thing I could crowbar in that I missed my opportunity was uh, I made all sorts of omelets for three days out of my Thanksgiving leftovers. Yeah, do you eat a lot of omelets? You eat a lot of omelets. I know I, you see, I, see you've eaten breakfast with me. You know that that I tend to order the omelets for Mrs. Mitchell's. I love sure. her omelets. I so. uh, I like to mix it up. I mean, whether it's an omelet or a scramble, I'm big on the egg dishes for breakfast, period. So, I mean, yep. yeah. I'm a big pepper and eggs guy. That's me. That's what I like. Okay. No, that works. That's, yeah. That works. You know what I've had? You know what I've actually been making for a real simple dish? Um, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's simple, but it takes a little bit of time because of one of the ingredients. But I got a recipe online for uh, a simple um, fried sweet potatoes. So you cut up sweet potatoes into cubes okay. and then you just, you just fry them and you put some salt on them. That's yep. it. And then you put a peppered egg on top with the yolk unbroken. That's it. And cut it up. So the yolk breaks all over those. Oh my God. That's what so you good. want. That's, that's all you ever want. Did I ever tell you about the, the burger that was named in my honor at a local barbecue joint? Vaguely, I think I remember this, but yeah. no, tell me because yeah. the listeners don't know. The so listeners, I, don't I could know. use a refresher. So there was a, a, a barbecue joint that I, I used to host trivia at uh, called Damn Yankees Barbecue, and uh, Damn Yankee is, I mean, like killer menu. Probably some of the best brisket I've ever had up in this area. I would say um, you're a barbecue guy, right? I do enjoy barbecue. Yes, it's so, one of the few things that I can eat. Yes. <laughs> BT, you ever been to BT Smokehouse in uh, Sturbridge? No. Okay. I've not. So I that's my measure. Like that is at like to me as good as good Q can be is BT's. Like it's just dynamite. It's so good. And I would say that Damn Yankee was a close second. It it definitely you know, it, it was it was it was worth the effort. But uh Rich, who was the owner of uh of of uh Damn Yankee's barbecue had he and I were, were talking one night after trivia, and he was like, you know what? He's like, we should do some some cool like menu item or something like that. I was like, how about a Bobby Rose beef sandwich or something like that? And he's like, you know what? What if we did a Bobby Rose beef burger? So we got to thinking, and uh, what he wanted to do is he wanted to uh, smoke in-house uh, their own pastrami. So what he did Ooh. was a burger with two types of cheese. I think one was either a Swiss or a Gouda, and the other one was a cheddar. And then there was like some type of a... Like a maple infused like aioli. There was oh, the that's good shit. There was a pastrami that was house smoked that was on it because we had toyed around with the idea of doing different things other than you know the obvious to throw on is bacon, uh, and and he did that with a quail egg on a pretzel bun. And holy shit, that sounds phenomenal! It was amazing. Like it brought a tear to my eye. It was so good. It was so good. Wow. So yeah, he would run this. You know, it ran for like a few weeks, and people would come in and be like, "I gotta try this." Holy shit, that's amazing! So unbelievable. Wow. I'm trying. I'm trying to get the uh, the other burger joint there, Plan B, to to do a, a burger contest. With, I, in I actually, honor. I love um, what the, one of the things when I first tried Plan B when they moved in. Now Plan B, everyone's laughing, knowing that Plan B is the you know the the pregnancy pill, but yeah. um. We have planned. We have a chain of burgers up here in the Northeast. It's in Madison, Connecticut, called Plan B, and they are phenomenal. Uh, they're really, really gourmet burgers. And uh, the the thing that drew me in when I first started eating there was they had. Um, do you remember their burger called the New Englander? Oh yeah. So it was. It was. I believe it was bison with a lobster claw and gouda cheese yeah. on top. It was so good. Yeah. It was so good. Um, 
But that is, I mean, that's that's been gone from the menu for what, like two or three years. So oh yeah, they they, do they mix anymore. it up a whole lot over there. They don't they don't yeah. play around. Um, hmm. Getting getting back to to omelets though, what, yes. what my whole my whole thing with an omelet, I treat an omelet like a blank canvas, like a like a like, like a blank canvas. Yeah. yeah, you can do you. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go today with yeah. your omelet? I Choose have put everything adventure. on omelets. Yeah, exactly. So so my um. My Thanksgiving leftovers, the omelet I made two days in a row was uh, was obviously I well I, I said we had chicken. We don't buy a whole turkey because there's only four of us eating, so we just buy a whole chicken. And I who cares? I eat turkey throughout the year; it doesn't matter. So we buy the we buy the chicken. I had the chicken, um, so like a, a layer, base layer. Well, you got to put cheese on an omelet. Obviously, I'm a cheese with omelet. I've seen omelets that don't make cheese. You don't have cheese. I don't. Sure, it seems sacri- sacrilegious to me, but. I put cheese in my omelet. So what I always do is just to make sure I can taste it with all this mix of flavors, I threw on a, a sharp, an extra sharp cheddar. There you go. So I, I layered that down, let it melt a little bit, smash down some mashed potatoes, a little bit of stuffing on that. I threw corn on there. I threw the chicken, you know, pieces of uh, chicken breast. And then, um, and then I had that macaroni cheese, which you tried yes, and you said was that pretty was cheesy. dynamite. I threw that cheese, ma- macaroni cheese down. Now I apologize. I realized afterwards even though it does get a little dry when you take it out of the crock pot. So I microwave. So it was dry. I apologize. Usually if I really want to get cute when I'm, when I cook that recook that on the whole thing. And then just a little bit, just a little bit. Cause it's powerful. I threw down some cranberry sauce, wrapped that omelet up and sucked it down. Oh really? Okay. Okay. A little yeah, cranberry. Just, I like, I like, I like my, my sweet and salty, you know, it was good stuff that you, you're, you're, you enjoy that umami experience. I don't know that word, but it sounds like I do. It, well, that's basically what it is. It's like sweet and salty. It's like those two things yeah. together. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's that. That sounds awesome, man. That sounds awesome. There are people who are really oh. creeped out about eating um, chickens and eggs together in the same dish. Have you ever met one of those people? No. Okay. I've never. No, I did not know that <laughs> existed. I didn't know that was a thing. There are some people who are really creeped out about that. They're like, oh yeah, like uh, it, it's so weird to eat chicken like. In an egg dish, and I'm like, well, if you're breading, you know, if you're if you're frying chicken, it's going in an egg wash anyway, and you know, it's like, it's kind of the same idea. But there are people who are really weird about that. I don't know. It's just bizarre. How does it extend into like like beef products? So you can't have like a glass of milk with a steak, or you can't have cheese on uh, a cheese on a burger. Yeah, yeah. Like no, I, I don't think it does. I think it's just the chicken and egg thing. It was only brought to my to my attention a couple of times, and I was like, what are you talking about? You know, it was just kind of one of those weird things, but yeah. Wow. Yeah, there are. There's. Like I've never a little, heard of that. That's a, a tiny little subset of people that are just like, "That's the weirdest thing," and I'm like, mm, "Okay." Hmm. What is, is, I don't know. Is, I, I, I had no problem. They were they were delicious the other day. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what else to say. They were great. So let's go ahead and uh, transition over to our interview segment here. We've got a really, really good one from uh, we've got Jason Gardner with us. He is the uh, tour director for uh, Maine Yak Anglers, which uh, if you say it fast, it sounds like you're saying Maniac Anglers. Uh, And I think that's kind of the idea. But it's uh, we have a really, really good conversation. We get into some of the stuff. He listens to the show, was definitely prepared with some good answers. Great, great, great stuff uh, from Jason. And uh, we'll We've got, I think there will be, we're probably going to be able to get up and, uh, and, and fish with him sometime soon or sometime next spring. Probably not sometime con, soon. Con, Continuing on the theme of other anglers who have kicked my ass in a knockout tournament. Yeah. We, we now have up Jason. <laughs> 
It's a pretty good it's interview. Tough. I think you guys will really, really enjoy it. We're going to take a short break. We'll come back uh, and do the outro after the interview is all set up. And uh, one more big congratulations to Chris, the winner of our giveaway for November. We're going to get those prizes out to you. We'll contact I did just send him a DM, so uh, I'm expecting to hear back from him anytime. And uh, we'll, we'll post all this stuff congratulating him, all right? So we'll see you guys hey, in a bit. Whoa, 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 oh, whoa, whoa, oh. whoa, 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 whoa. We have give stuff? Chris, yeah, give Chris a round of applause. We didn't get it before. We oh, you're too busy right. Make, we were too busy uh, chastising Chast- the people who don't read rules. Sorry, Chris, we stole your thunder on this, man. You, you, now you get your applause. Chris, Ready? good job, Chris. Excellent, excellent and, job. And begin. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, hey, it was... Uh, so this is definitely a show. Definitely a show. We'll have more fishing information next week. I'm, oh, I'm planning absolutely. on getting out this weekend, so we'll yeah. have some. We'll have some shit. And uh, no ice yet. Not even up to shears. Berkshire Brett has been very good about uh, passing along information. It's we're in like that 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 hell of no ice. So Super cold. We'll get water. more info. Yeah, and now with that rain, that water's just going to get colder. Yep. All righty. Well, we'll see you guys on the other side of this interview. All right. Hey, everybody. Bobby Roast Beef here. You know, it's no big secret that uh, Christmas is just a few weeks away. And, you know, even though 2020 has been a ridiculous year for a lot of us, it's just been a crazy ups and downs. It's still kind of hard to believe that there's kids out there that may wake up Christmas morning and have nothing under the tree to open. So we have been lucky enough to join forces with Damien over at Stretching Lines Anglers Gear who wanted to put together a Toys for Tots giveaway contest fundraiser to kind of do our part. Pretty much what I was thinking was, you know, a giveaway. That's when I was like, all right, well, I'll get a hold of everybody else that we normally work with for giveaways, where we got with it. I I know firsthand the feeling that some of these kids had. I was probably, oh, I don't know, seven, eight. My parents both worked. They work a lot. They just made it and me. Tell me about how the giveaway and the contest works for everybody else. What does somebody have to do to enter? What I've come up with is your standard giveaway. So you got your like, your comment, your share that you do on your Instagram. You have to like every sponsors that we have. Yep, so follow every single one of the pages. Them. The other thing is, is, is your comment, you tag three people. The biggest thing that we're looking for is that you go to Toys for Tots, the website, and there's two two different things you can do. First thing is, is you can go in, you can actually pick toys out. They have a donation thing where you can go in and you can buy whatever toys you want, or you can donate just money. Once you do that, you take a picture of the receipt and you send it stretching in line, Angler's Gear on Instagram. The other thing that goes along with this is you have a chance to put your name in more than once. With every $10 you donate, your name gets added to the spin wheel one more time. That's the plus side to this. The more money you donate, the more chances you have to win. The more chances you have to win. So that's important, folks. Now, we're going to go ahead and do something a little extra to help out if if anybody's looking to make donations. We're actually going to put a Toys for Tots logo on the Jigs and Bigs website. You can go right over there and click there to make a donation. We're going to use the link that Damien provided right there. So all you got to do after you do all this, if you go to jigsandbigs.com, you can go right on the website, click on that, and then you'll have basically a donate button right there. You can go ahead and set that up. And then just make sure you to DM your your confirmation email to, to Damien 
Damien over at Stretching Lines Angler's Gear, which works out perfect since you're going to be following all those accounts as if you already aren't. You need to be. So go ahead and send him that DM. We'll go and get everything. In. And the drawing is going to be, was it the 21st? The 21st is the deadline. 21st is the deadline. That's when we are, we're doing the draw. Well, hey, that sounds really fantastic, Damien. I think you're doing a really great thing. We're definitely behind you. Jigs and Bigs is definitely behind you with this. We're at least in for one of our limited edition jig kits, at least. We'll see what else we can put together for you, all right? Absolutely. I appreciate it. Happy holidays, buddy, and uh, have yourself a good one. everybody it's interview time bobby roast beef here and in the beef seat today guys i've got jason gardner with us and jason well he represents a little organization a kbf organization maine yak anglers uh and guess what they can be found in the great state of maine up to our north here in massachusetts as we like to call the place we all go to vacation <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that's just the way it is jason how you doing buddy not bad yourself. I'm I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there. You know, it's been a it's been a long holiday weekend. I got a, a message from our, our mutual friend uh, Sean the Fisherman, and uh, he asked me about recording the intro and outro at 9 a.m. This is like first thing this morning, I think 7 a.m. And I said, yeah, on Monday, right? You you do realize today's only Sunday. And he's like, no, 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 I'm just, I'm prepping for my week. It's okay. So he's really on the ball. I am not. We'll we'll deal with it and get there. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? It wasn't bad. You know. Um you know, growing up, Thanksgiving was also always, you know, big family get togethers and stuff like that. And, um, it, it's, it sucks over the last few years. It's kind of gotten away with that as people kind of, you know, grown up and moved away and, mm-hmm. and the, the elder statesmen of the family have kind of passed on. So, um, and then with the COVID thing this year, um, it was literally just me, my wife and my son. And, um, you know, we just kind of relax. So, you know, as much as I hated not having the whole family thing, yeah. um, you know, it, it wasn't bad. It, it was nice to not really have anything to do i didn't even get dressed all day yeah stayed in my my uh pajamas so that's not a bad thing i said uh i had to work friday night i was uh i was uh hosting a game show friday night and i was uh i was talking with with the owner of the restaurant and she said oh so you know how was thanksgiving and i was like you know I think there was only what six of us, six of us and the dogs. And I said, I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? It really wasn't uh, bad, man. I, it's, it could have been much worse. You know, I was like, it was kind of nice to not have to, you know, cook for an army and, you know, yeah. have to, you know, have, have a bunch of people over. It was, it was kind of nice. So we got together with my folks. It was a good time. So, hey, it's all yeah. behind us. And now apparently, like, Christmas is tomorrow, apparently, I guess. That's the thing. At least in from my house, that's how it feels. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's like four more weeks. I got to start shopping. No, you're not kidding, man. It's crazy. It is bananas. Although I am very happy my wife and I did decide that this year we are done buying for each other. We're grown-ass yeah. adults. We can buy our own gifts whenever we want, which is nice because now I can get the fishing gear I really want. <laughs> yeah, and we do that anyway, although we usually end up both still sneaking a gift or two under the tree, yep. but it's just the expectation-wise, right? You know, exactly. Get each other something small, and other than that, I mean, I got a, I got a 20, God, 25, 24-year-old daughter now in, the, in Arkansas, so, mm-hmm. you know, we usually get her a couple of things and ship it, but it's different, you know, because we're not there. She ends up getting stuff Amazon. It's not wrapped, and, yeah. you know, it's, it's, not just, as it's just different. Yep. Right, and, yeah, yeah. Um, but for my son, he's 16 and, and 
um, you know, as my last child and getting ready to move out of the house, man, it, I think it means more to my wife and I than it almost does to him because yeah. we're like, eh, you know, it's like there's only a couple more years left and, yeah. you know, he could technically move away and then it's just her and I. So, you know, we're, we're trying to concentrate on the kids. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I think that's that's the way you got to go. So let's yep. let's jump right into this and talk a little bit about about uh, the outdoors, about your experiences, all that stuff. But to, to get started, the, the question I always start about uh, out with is is I want to know about uh, how you discovered uh, fishing and just the outdoors in general. Like, how was it introduced into your life? And then how did that passion start to grow to the point now where, where you're running the trail uh, in, for KBF in, in Maine? Like how, how, yeah. how did that road kind of look? So, you know, it, it was weird cause there was a long hiatus in between, but yep. it, it really all started when I was young. Um, my, my whole family was outdoors people, right. And, and hunted and fished, um, fish recreationally and, <clears throat> and whatnot, but, um, but less on the fishing and more on the hunting side. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but, but, uh, I think when I was in probably around elementary school, um, my dad and we had mutual friends of the family that had a camp on uh, Damrascotta Lake up here, which is a, a huge lake. It's, yep. um, it's beautiful, great fishing. And, uh, and so, um, they, um, they decided they were going to start renting it out in the summer because they couldn't use it as much. So, yeah. um, they actually rented it to us dirt cheap. I think we'd rent it for like 150 bucks for the week. Right. Really? I mean, yeah. I mean, unheard of. Right. And yeah. that came with a, it came with a, a 14 foot V hull with a, like, I don't know, probably a five horsepower motor. I mean, it was nothing special. I mean, it'd take us an hour to get to the other end of the lake. Yeah. Um, but we'd fish and, and all around the cove that we were in, it was all typically we'd catch white perch and eat them. And then um, we'd also like to bass fish for the sport, right? We could catch some nice four pounders right off the dock where we were. And, oh yeah. And so that really started it. Right. And it was just usually those two weeks is, is all we'd really fish each year, mm-hmm. but we all loved it. And, um, and then as I, as I got older in my teens, I, you know, I really started hunting and, and then, um, in my early twenties, I, I just kind of got away from all of it yeah. and, uh, you know, ended up moving to Florida, um, and for nine years, um, came back to Maine, um, was here a few years and, and I have a real stressful job. And my wife one day just said, you've got to find a hobby. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, man, what do I do? What are, you know, grown adults do for hobbies? And, and I, so I started getting into hunting a little bit again and, and, um, and then a buddy of mine in Tennessee, uh, Jason Burden, who I actually went to high school and college with, mm-hmm. um, he's like, man, he's like, he's like, you should see it down here in Tennessee. He's like, everyone's like buying kayaks and fishing out of them. And I'm like, what? And, you know, he started sending me links to these kayaks. Yep. And I was like, man, like, that's fairly inexpensive. I think, I think my first kayak was a sea ghost, a vibe sea ghost. And, um, you know, bought one of those and, uh, you know, right across the street from my house is uh, Androscoggin River, and I started going out in there and catching some smallmouth, and and just really just fell back in love with fishing. And yep. and a, a month or so later, uh, found um, Sam Cushing, who was running a trail for any bassin up here, um, and reached out to him and and started jumping into tournaments. Fish three that year, and it was it was terrible. I mean, I my first ever event, I show up, I flip my kayak. I, oh four events I caught four total fish and uh you know but I, I just having a ball and I, I truly loved it and didn't care how poorly I was doing and then you know built up friendship and yep you know from there we kind of left any bass and we just had uh different things right any bass and up in the northeast they have small boats and kayaks we mm-hmm. wanted to be kayak only we wanted to use tourney x they weren't doing that it was just a bunch of small little things and and I you know I didn't care either way but once I took it over from Sam um you know he was going for his doctorate um mm-hmm. 
I took the, the that over. You know, I left it up to the guys, and I was like, you know, you want to stay or go? And they said, let's do our own thing. So, you know, we started Maniac Anglers, and um, you know, even though I'm the face of it, it's it's really their trail. Um, we put everything up for vote. It's not like any, you know, not like a dictatorship yeah. where I just come up with the rules. We get focus groups together and of senior and newer guys say, hey, mm-hmm. what do you guys want to do this year? And as we're trying to fine tune it to come up with the perfect thing. And, um, you know, but that's the whole maniac angler side. Um, the KBF side, um, you know, just started from uh, really, I think, me kind of pestering Chad a little bit. You know, yeah. I, I I met him once down in Toledo Bend and, you know, I was talking about how we're growing and how things are happening. We'd love to have an event someday. And he's like, gave me his number and probably thinking, you know, uh, you know, I'm never going to go up there never do anything. Or, you know, this guy's probably a lunatic and, but he gave it to me and, you know, I don't think he realized how much I was going to pester him at first. And, uh, you know, I, I kept talking and staying in touch and, um, you know, he put me in touch with Christy and yep. we just kind of built that relationship. And, uh, you know, finally they gave Maine a chance to bring an event and, um, you know, at, it was God, I don't know, three years ago now. And we had like 40 people at that event, which doesn't sound like a lot, but, uh, you know, and it isn't a lot these days, but at the time that was the biggest event we ever had in the state. And I think maybe one of the biggest ones in, in new England. And, um, you know, from then on, you know, it's just grew and grew and, you know, I got to know them more and more. And, and now, you know, I'm the the national tournament coordinator for KBF and, you know, I, I just, yeah, just love the sport, love promoting it. And it you know, that's the thing. This is like it's it's I mean, it's so primitive in nature, kayak fishing. Yeah. Like it's just it's something that 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 indigenous people have been doing. I mean, not with, you know, low profile bait casting reels <laughs> and extra wide gap hooks and things like that. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's so it's so like close to nature. Like you're sitting on top of the water. You're going as fast as your body and the tools that you put in into the boat with you are 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 moving you. You know, you you're I, I love there's a, a video that uh, that Chad put out about uh stealth. You know, yeah. and, and I mean, like, it's just, it's everything, you know, and it's, it is, it's a whole new kind of sport in a way of competing. And it's, it's just, it's just growing. It's amazing that something so primitive can be in its infancy. Like the way I see kayak angling, especially because of the accessibility, like you nailed it, the cost to get in like that gateway in order to get in for kayak fishing is so much less than if you're getting into a big boat or anything like that, you want to tournament fish that way. So yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, and, and Maine, that, it's a no-brainer. Like every New Englander yeah. I know, we all talk about the same thing: Mass, Connecticut, Rhode Island, even even in New Hampshire and Vermont, everybody yep. wants, wants to go fish the lakes in Maine. You know, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really is some of the best bass fishing around here, but people don't, you know, because we're so far away, people yeah. kind of dismiss it. And uh, you know, MLF comes here. You know, there's yep. there's big events that they hold up here. Bass was trying to host an event here last year, and um you know, their, their fee was a little bit too high. And, um, and that, to be honest with you, that's what allowed us to get a KBF, the, you know, the, it was supposed to be the regional championship. Then they moved it to the super trail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the, you know, I was working with the tourism bureaus, the main sportsman's commission, yep. um, the state, the inland fisheries and wildlife. I mean, they were so excited to have that event here. And then, you know, COVID took over and, and it kind of changed it, but yeah. we still had almost 70 people. And, and, you know, for all the people that didn't want to come here, and those, you know, compared to those that did, everyone when they were leaving, man, they they said we want to come back, right? And this was, you know, Mesolonsky is a is a, and it was there in Great Pond are mm-hmm. both great fisheries, but they're not even the best. I mean, they're they're close. Great Pond is probably the best smallie fishing place in the state, but you know, China Lake's close by, and, and takes note. That's got both, and and <laughs> yeah, Weber Pond is like 
I mean, that place is just lights out ever since. And, uh, but it's get, getting a little overfished since mm-hmm. uh, they made Bassmaster list. But, but I mean, that place is, I mean, there's five to nine pounders in there. You're just going to find them. And for this state, I mean, that's enormous. I yeah. mean, you, you catch an eight, nine pounder and you'll not likely never beat that PB here. Oh yeah. That's that, that, that's unbelievable. Let's talk about, uh, your specifics though, for, for when you're out there fishing is what's your sure. favorite season for like creature comfort? Like not just because, you know, like the way they're feeding up or anything like that, but for you, what's the most comfortable time to be out there fishing? I really like, you know, end of May, middle end of May to, to early June. Yep. Um, you know, I, I'm terrible at cold water, water, although I'm actually, I'm getting better at it. Um, mm-hmm. But I really like that, you know, the, our winters here are so dark and dreary and yeah. miserable. There's, you know, and, uh, and cold. And then, you know, it, you start getting excited around March when the, when the things start to thaw and then April, you can usually get out and, you know, unless you're a pro with a jerk bait, you're not really finding many fish, but then usually by early May to mid May, the fishing picks up and yeah. you're out wearing shorts and, you know, it's, you know, it, you know, even at that point, it's just the nature part of it too. You'll see that a lot of places we go that there's a ton of eagles up here. You'll watch eagles flying around. And I, I had a video last year on Weber in, in mid-May when I was out there and I was fishing off a point and I looked up and there were literally five bald eagles just circling around, you know, yeah. crappie fishing. And I just ended up stopping fishing and just taking the video. And and so, you know, that time of year is just, there's something about it. for Yeah. Me. Yeah, it is a pretty awesome time of the year. Once, and I think that's that's the defining mark. Like once you can like lose a layer <laughs> and yeah. go out and enjoy fishing, that's that's not a bad thing. Definitely. Right. Um, well, as far as like weather conditions, is there anything out there that that'll make you decide to call it? I mean, aside from the obvious, like you know, lightning or anything like that. Yeah. No, not really. I mean, yeah. I, I don't. I don't prefer the bitter cold, right? I mean, there's, I don't know what it is as I've gotten older, my feet get real sensitive. So once my feet get wet or cold, I'm, I'm done. And, uh, you know, so I'm trying to get to the point where I bring like hot hands and I'll shove them in shoes and bring wool socks, like Mm -hmm. two pair of wool socks. I'll put one on one with hot hands in it and then over the other pair to keep my feet warm, but I'll still go out there all day and, you know, fishing in the rain, man. I love that. I've caught some of my biggest and best fish out in the rain. And so, you know, there really isn't a whole lot that'll, keep me off the water that's awesome as far as bodies of water that go what are you more looking for are you looking for like lakes and ponds or, or are you more comfortable in current um definitely not current although i fish it out out in front of my house a mm-hmm. little bit um you know that's more for just getting out after work i mean I, you know I, there's something about fishing lakes and ponds i just i like picking an area picking yeah. stuff apart and you know focusing in on an area and when you're having to fight current you know, especially in a kayak, you spend more time trying to make adjustments of the kayak oh, and you get a lot less time to actually fish. Yeah. And the current can change things. I mean, it's, it's yeah. really like it, it, I do think it does take a special kind of angler, somebody who's really dedicated themselves to it. When you yeah. find somebody who can break down rivers and they, they kind of just get it, you know, it's, yeah. That's a that's that's absolutely amazing. Now, yep. this is a question that's kind of gotten a little bit uh, popular amongst most guests, and, and some some guests actually will think in advance of some of these answers. So, there's an old saying that fishing tackle will catch uh, more fishermen than it will actually catch fish. In your lifetime in the outdoors, what do you think is the most ridiculous fishing tackle trend that's occurred? And the follow up is: Have you been guilty of using that yourself? Man, you know, I don't know, man. I think, I think 
when it comes to bass, I mean, you know, a buddy of mine has basically said, you know, you can catch bass with a golf ball with a treble hook attached to it. Right. I mean, they do tend to eat about just about anything. Right. So, um, one of the things that, you know, and it's not really tackle more gear related that Mm -hmm. I don't know how much of a difference it really makes is more fishing line. Like, you know, I think back in the day before, you know, braid came out and fluorocarbon, you know, we'd just go to Walmart and buy that huge spool of, you know, shitty mono for like six bucks. Right. And we were out there catching fish all day. Now you got, you know, now you got fluorocarbon and braid and copolymer and all this other stuff, you know, that people are using for different, I all that crap aside, I throw straight fluoro for everything. And I, you know, I still catch fish. I don't have any issues. Am I missing fish because of line? Maybe, but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if it really plays that much of a big deal. Yeah. And even light line, like, you know, I, I started drop shot and throwing Ned rigs last year and people are like, Oh, you need to use like six pound tests. I'm throwing 15 pound tests. I'm the same know, way. carbon. You know, I'm still catching fish. I caught actually my biggest fish of the year this year. Yep. Um, on on 17 pound fluorocarbon with a ned rig on a bait caster yeah. right a- against everything that everyone says you have to do so yeah you know i'd probably say that's the you know my biggest farce i guess oh say. yeah no 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 i could definitely see that especially i mean especially like you nailed it i think the key word there copolymer like there's no reason <laughs> there's just yeah. no reason to throw copolymer line I, I, in my opinion anyway i mean right you know i know that the stuff is cheap as hell so the it's got that going for it um right. I love this question. A lot of people have uh, have at, this actually came from from other listeners uh, suggesting this question to me, and I kind of love it because to me, fishing is more about the experience. You know, whatever it is, with the, the stories you take away off the water. You know, whether they they may not even involve the fish. Uh, sometimes it's more about the people that you're with. So, well, give me your top three people that you would uh, really really want to fish with, and they can be living or dead. You know. Uh- Man, that's a tough one. I, you know, I'd probably really like to go out fishing with my brother. First of all, um, mm-hmm. he lives in Arkansas as well, same area where my daughter does. And, um, you know, I don't think I've, you know, other than a charter we went on once, probably ten years ago, yeah. saltwater fishing. I don't think I've actually gone fishing with my brother in probably close to thirty years or so. And, um, you know, he he really enjoys it. He's probably one of my bigger supporters. That's so, awesome. You know, he'd be probably first and foremost. Um, you know, second, um, I'd probably say the G man, you know, there's something about that guy, man. I love listening yeah. to Swindell. Um, you know, just listening to him talk. I mean, and I'm not a big, I hate watching fishing on TV, so I don't, yeah. it's just not my style. I don't rather I never be do out it. there doing it. Yeah. But it's, it's the personality behind it, right? The guy just has yeah. fun and that's what I want to do when I fish. And, uh, so I'd say probably him number two. Um, and then, um, number three, uh, I'll pick somebody out of the kayak world. Um, and I'd probably say, uh, Henry Vigian, uh, you know, yep. that guy is, uh, you know, I don't know. I got a lot of respect for that guy. Um, you know, I remember before I really actually got to know him, um, you know, I sent him a message once and, uh, you know, hoping his phone was off and cause it was, you know, my time, it was probably five o'clock in the morning. Yep. So, um, and I sent him, you know, just sent him a message through Facebook, like, ah, he'll get it whenever. And literally like, at 5 30 he's like dude can you take a phone call I'm like uh yeah really? no problem That's yeah awesome. so he's like yeah i'm up early anyway so 5 30 in the morning right he's calling me at my house and i probably talked to him for an hour and a half and no kidding yeah and he's you know and still we reach out and talk to each other from time to time i think i talked to him i don't know a couple weeks ago um you know but 
I, I keep trying to set up a trip to go down to um, either Virginia or North Carolina and yep. try to fish with Henry and uh, Casey Reed and Corey mm-hmm. Dreyer. Um, trying to get the the three of us just to go out for a weekend and fish. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That and it's probably it's probably you know on the docket at some point. You know, one of those yeah. things you just kind of kind of have going on. Um, yeah. What now? Where would you like to see your fishing goals kind of be in like the next five to ten years? Y- yours personally, or even even with uh, maniac angler, like where would you like to see that sort of grow to? Yeah. So, um, maniac anglers. I'll, I'll start with that one first. Um, I'm more comfortable talking about other mm-hmm. people than I am myself, so we'll go there. So, um, as far as the club goes, um, you know, I'd say in five years from now, um, you know, I think what I'd really like to see is, and we're starting it a little bit this year, we're, we're trying to break off our clubs growing so much that, um, we're going to have like a, a North or West and then a South or East division, if you yeah. want to call it. And, and, um, because we're getting so many members and, you know, I, I really want to see it get to the point where, um, because we have so many talented people, um, but most of them have young families, so they can't travel. But I want to see those guys be able to come and travel a little bit more yeah. and fish some major events because, you know, I, I am, far from the best angler in our efficient in our trail, you know? Um, and there's some guys out there that, you know, that I look at when I go out going, man, I got to try to beat that guy, right? He's the guy to beat yep. at this body of water. And, and I'd love to see some of those guys fish on a national level just to, to so they can see that they can compete. Right. Yep. So they can believe in themselves. Like, like I believe in them and know that they can go out there and, and do well. So, you know, that's really my goal for the, for the club is to get some of those guys, recognized nationally or even mm-hmm. in the region. Um, as far as myself goes, um, you know, it's a tough one, right? I really want to win an event and a big event. You know, yeah. I've got, I've got third place finishes in a KBF event. And then I think I was seventh or eighth at East West, um, you know, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, but I've never been able to break through for that big win. I mean, you know, I win, win here in my home state. I've won in Massachusetts, um, nice. you know, fished, uh, won a Ken series and, and won that. And, uh, you know, but, but when I travel, man, there's something, I think it's just pressure I put on myself, but, but I really want to get like some sort of, you know, a signature win. Why wouldn't you want to, right. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's all part of competing. And, um, you know, but I would say the, that longer goal though is, um, you know, I don't know. I, I really just want to see the sport where it gets to the point where all the different trails really aren't competing, competing against each other. Right. And yeah. that, that we're really truly working together to, right. There's not that this, you know, this trail's better than this one, or this leader's better than this one, or this guy sucks and, you know, and all that drama, right. You know, it, it's not good for the sport and it just kind of makes us look more like the bass boat guys who yep. really do have kind of those strikes between clubs. And, uh, you know, it would be nice if, you know, you know, at some point, you know, think of getting like the bass people, right. Get there, maybe top 10 in bass, the top 10 in Hobie and the top 10 in KBF, all the fish for one, really, you know, U.S. championship type yeah, of thing, right? huge. And just, yeah, just have it be like, you know, more, not really a, about, not about the competition, but have it be fun where, where it's truly everyone just kind of getting along and working yeah. together. And, and, you know, that's really where we need to take the sport, you know, at that next level. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I think in time, we'll probably see that get there. I you think know? so. I, I think, think so. people are starting to put the barriers down and, and starting to work together, right? I mean, I'm sure there's still some over overlining issues right of trust between all three of trails right you never want to release too much info and yeah don't know what to believe but it'd be nice if, if uh 
if everyone would just uh, end up working together. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I hear you. What, Jason? What's your what's your number one confidence bait, and how how did it become that for you? Man, you know, I I don't know if I have one anymore, but it used to be a Senko, man. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone used to think I'd catch every fish on a Senko, and and one year I probably did catch probably seventy five percent of my fish wacky rigging Senkos, and yep. and I throw them anywhere, man. I throw them in twenty feet of water, throw them in ten feet, throw them in thick mats. I mean, it just didn't matter, and yeah. and I, I was just catching fish. And um, last year I spent a good part of the year learning new new bait and um and trying to get confident with it and. You know, I'd probably say my my top three confidence baits now are really spinner bait, um, jackhammers. Okay. And I'm really starting to get there with with a Ned rig. And um, oh yeah. You know, I, I don't think I even threw a Senko the last two or three months of the season this year. Okay. And uh, yeah, and uh, but um, but th- those other three baits, man, I always have them tied on. Always. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's that. That's that's the thing. I mean, you, you something always happens with one bait, and you sort of get hooked, and you start to kind of like believe a little bit more on that bait, you know, in that presentation, yeah. you get a little bit of confidence and it, it goes a long way, but like, I'm with you, man. It's, I I've, for me, it's always been I, this order. I've always had this, this saying I've heard, uh, a few years ago, I heard it and it was always, the saying was follow with a jig. So that's how I built the confidence yeah. in, in using a jig. I once I started to get confidence with that, I wanted to always have a jig lined up. So if I'm moving a chatterbait and I miss something, I can throw a jig and work that yeah. spot. But I created another line after that that was follow with a Senko. Because if they yeah. miss that jig, I want to take my weightless Senko and pop it over there and see what happens. They they do. They just get bit, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm more of a when it comes to my confidence bait, I'm more of a brand guy, which is weird, yeah. right? You know. With that spinner bait, you know, there's there's really two that I that I use. Um, one is like uh, made by actually a Massachusetts Rocky Ledge tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, I I use one of their spinner baits. It's a tournament spinner bait. Um, it's actually a, a a gold color. I think they call it like gold shiner or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, but I do really well with that one. And then um, there's a guy um, who makes baits. Uh, Battle baits is the name of their company. And the guy makes them. I mean, man, you go to that Facebook page or his or his website and. Yep. I mean, his, his work is incredible. And, uh, I had one day where I bought, he had like a limited run of, of spinner bait. And I think I bought like five of them. And, uh, and my first day out this year with one of those spinner baits, I think I, I boated 25 large mouth in the day with that, just that spinner bait. And That's so now like, day. yeah, there's two colors and two spinner baits I throw, yep. um, or three colors actually. Um, you know, with chatter baits, it's the only, I can only catch fish on jackhammers. I, I I've mm-hmm. tried every other company out there and I cannot catch fish on them, but I'm um, something about the jackhammers and, uh, yeah. you know, Ned rigs, I, I throw Z man stuff, you know, the, the TRDs are big TRDs and, um, oh, you yeah. know, that's, you know, that's the staple. Yeah. I'm a big believer in the, in the Z man plastics. I, I like them a lot. Yeah. I like them. I like them for all my Ned rigs and I like, I like them for drop shots too. Yeah. That's the you same. Know? I, I have, um, I have mostly, uh, mostly Z man stuff for my drop shot yeah. as well. Yeah, they just they float. They're just they're great. They're they're really and they just really last, especially when you drop shot for smallies. Oh you know? my god, you will just you'll just tear off a plastic every other time with something else, yeah. and it's sort of part of it, you know, when you're when yeah. you're drop shotting. But you know, it it is what it is. I, yeah. I love this question. It's about music. Now, do you listen to music while you're out on the water at all? I do. Oh, okay. Listen, you know, it not as much as I used to. Okay, but. uh you know, when I'm when I'm fun fishing, I will. Yeah. But um, tournament fishing, I don't as much. Unless if I'm having a really horrible day, I will, and I'll start screaming, yelling, singing at the top of my lungs, which no one really wants to hear. But uh, you know, it's just more to to 
to try to relax than anything else. Exactly, exactly. So what are you listening either on the way to the, to the water or while you're on the water in order to, you know, hype yourself up? Um, you know, it's <laughs> I was going to talk about opposite ends of the spectrum. So uh, it really depends on my that. mood in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it depends on my mood in the morning, but it's either like country um, and, uh, you know, or it's um, or it's like heavy metal, you know, yep. that type of stuff. You know, it's, it's one end of the spectrum and it really just depends on the mood I'm in. Um, you know, there's, there's something about when you're having a bad day and, you know, throwing on some, you know, uh, you know, uh, either Aussie or Pantera yeah. or Revenant or something like that, yep. you know, you throw on something like that. And then if I, if it's nice out and I'm just, you know, relaxing, and it's a beautiful day out, I'll just throw on some country and just kind of sing along as I'm fishing. Oh yeah. You know, just to relax. That's exactly it. So, you know, there's, there's, it all kind of depends on what sort of mood I'm in too. Like some days it's going to be a replacements morning. Other times it's going to be napalm death. Other times it's going to be, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it can be anywhere in there. And that's, that's other times it's, I just listen to podcasts, but the, I, what's funny yeah. is I've noticed this much. I've gone out with friends, you know, on, on their boats and they'll have like a small Bluetooth speaker. In yep. my mind, that's the best way to do it because otherwise, that's what I do too. yeah, because otherwise, uh, what what'll happen is I'll pop my my earbuds in, and you know, it's, it's there was a habit I started while I would take a phone call or something. I put put an earbud in. Doing one is fine, but putting both yeah. in when you're listening to music, I miss so much stuff that's yeah. happening around me. So it's yes, thumbs up for a Bluetooth speaker, thumbs down for Bluetooth headphones. Absolutely, that's just yeah, it's just too. I think that's that's my biggest beef because I, I noticed. I was like, when I'm listening to music, I don't catch as much. What's going yeah. on? And then I, <laughs> I, I was out with who was it? We always one of our our our, uh, our homies for the the Jigs and Bigs fam, Delirious Angler, and uh, he likes a lot of metal. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but we were we were listening to a mix on on his boat, and I'm, I was just lighting him up. I had like a couple of 19s. I was like, this is a great day. What what is it that's going on here? And I was like, no headphones. Might be yeah. it. That might be it. Yeah. Uh, is there anything now, have you ever traveled anywhere to fish like specifically just to fish? So, um, uh, not out, uh, so outside of tournaments, no, yep. um, you know, but for KBF and stuff like that, I mean, I've been, you know, Louisiana, Texas, uh, Kentucky, um, Florida, you know, all, mm. all through the South, all up along the East coast and then uh, over towards, uh, Ohio is as far as I've gone that oh, way. Okay. But, uh, but, um, you know, other than that, um, really just mass, you know, Maine, New Hampshire, or Massachusetts, if I'm just going to go out, but even Massachusetts was always, uh, you know, to fish uh, a tournament mm -hmm. or whatever, but, uh, but there's so many events up this way now. It's, it's oh, really yeah. hard. I don't have a whole lot of time to fun fish. It seems like I'm always fishing a tournament. Oh, definitely. Especially like when you start factoring in monthly monthlies and all sorts of other stuff, yeah. it gets, it, yeah. it, it's a lot. Now, is there a, a destination, like a dream destination that you would love to go and fish if you had the opportunity? Yeah. Um, there's, there's two really, one of them being Gunnersville. So I was really kind of disappointed about last year. I really want to fish that place, but yeah. I want to fish it in the spring. So I wasn't as disappointed to miss it at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not really a frog guy, uh, although it seems like um, a lot of guys were catching fish on chatterbait, and so that sounds like it would have been right good. Right up your alley, but, um, then, yeah. Yeah, but other than that, I really want to hit Fellsmere in Florida. You know, that place is just, uh, you know, it's just got giants, and, uh, uh, you know, and that was the thing. I, before I ever got into kayak fishing, when I lived in Florida, I lived like 30, 30 minutes from there, and my in-laws still live down there, and they're probably in that same 30-minute range from Fellsmere, and, hmm. and uh you know, so I'm still itching to get back down there yep. and uh, and try to get there. Nice, very nice. Let's get into gear a little bit. Um, yep. 
What's your, you know, general, like when you're out, especially when you're doing tournaments, I'm curious, what's your typical rod and reel arsenal look like that you're bringing out on the yak with you? Um, so I, I bring way too many. Um, you know, I've brought as many as 13 rods with me. What? Um, but yeah, oh. and that was, that was when I went to, uh, to, um, oh, where was it in Florida where they used to do the, uh, they used to do that 10, not the 10 invitational, but yeah, maybe it was the 10 invitational, um, that private place. I can't, God, I can't even think of the name of it now, but anyway, but yeah, I was bringing like 13 rods with me out on the kayak. How and, do you store um, them? Um, so, uh, you know, I had a, my, I had like six in my black pack and then, um, at the time I had a pro angler, so I had six vertical, gotcha. you know, I mean on the horizontal storage and then I had one in my hand. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess it makes sense. If you got the room, go, go for it. Yeah. It just saves on tying. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and especially like throwing chatter baits, right? Sometimes they may want green pumpkin, sometimes black and blue. And instead of switching back and forth, I can just grab a rod. Yeah. And once one starts working, I can put the other one away. Right. And, um, but now I've, I've got it down to where, you know, I've usually got about maybe eight or nine yeah. at most. Um, you know, but sometimes I got, sometimes I'll go places knowing I'm only going to throw three, but I don't necessarily want people to see what I'm, you know, I want people guessing, right? That's so a good point. I'll tie too. stuff on that I'm not necessarily going to th- throw. So if they yeah. see it on the leaderboard or whatever, then, you know, I got to keep them guessing as well. But um, that's just a strategy thing. And probably I hadn't even considered more in that. my own head than anybody else's. Yeah. But no, it's a good idea. You know, people see out there with like this giant swim bait, you know, and yeah. th- it lets them think that you're doing one thing and that, oh, maybe I should throw something bigger, larger presentation, you know? Yeah. When I was Who at knows? East West, when I went to East West, um, I threw a jackhammer all day long. It's the only, the only thing I threw for that entire tournament. Yeah. And, um, but people would come by, like there wasn't, I was in this one same probably hundred foot section of bank the entire tournament and, um, no one was anywhere near me. And then I started catching fish and I was up near the top of the leaderboard. Next thing you know, there's people starting to move in, move around. And since I was fishing a shoreline and I was going up like a hundred, maybe 150 yards, yep. pe- when I'd moved down the shoreline, people would go into where I was. So yeah. what I started doing is they were paddling past me as I grabbed my spinnerbait rod, knowing damn well, I couldn't, uh, you weren't gonna fishing, damn thing. I couldn't catch anything on, a, on yeah. it. And so, you know, so I'd let you right. And I'd grab that rod as I was pedaling around and you right. And then I'd, when I'd get to the end and I'd, I'd circle back around to, cause the spot would fill in. You could see people throwing a spinner bait and I was just kind of smiling to myself. And oh then, yeah. You know, I'd throw in right behind him and start catching more fish on the jackhammer. And, and so, you know, like I said, I don't know if it really made that much of a difference, but that day it did. Definitely, man. That's like the second best catch when you catch another fisherman doing yeah. like the dummy technique you're throwing out there. Oh, that's, that's yeah. not bad. That's hey, not and bad. And I always tell people, if you're trying to copy what I'm doing, man, you got, you don't have much of a chance because, yeah. <laughs> you know, you better be following somebody else if you're trying to watch what I'm throwing. That's exactly, that's how I am. I tell everybody, I was like, you know, this is what I'm doing, but I'm not the guy you want to follow what I'm yeah, doing. exactly. All I'm doing is just picking a card. That's it. We'll yeah, see how it exactly. works. Exactly. This I I love this question. Now, um, this is something Sean and I have actually had many conversations about, and uh, and and at at length we've had we've rehashed this over and over. But there's a scenario we like to throw out there to the guests. So the scenario is this: you're going to an unnamed body of water. 
uh, as far as like the only information you really have is kind of got a little bit of everything. There's a little bit of wood, a little bit of rocks, some grass, some lilies, like nothing crazy, but it's got a little bit of everything. We'll say it's a partly cloudy day and you're only allowed to bring it. It doesn't even have to be brief from your arsenal. Like we're giving you the Jigs and Bigs corporate card and you can go build this combo. You're allowed to bring one combo, one rod, one reel and a single spool of line with you. What is it that you're going to bring and what are you throwing? Ooh, so, um, man, I'm probably bringing a, uh, so I switched over to cash and rods this year, um, after using a buddy of mine. Um, so I'm probably going to bring my cash and chatterbait rod. It's a, it's a medium heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to bring that, uh, I'll have my Shimano, uh, SLX DC reel. Okay. Um, my line, I'm going to throw my 17, either 15 or 17 pound fluoro, um, likely either likely cigar, um, and then, um, as far as a bait, if it's partly cloudy, I'm going to guess it's going to be a little bit windy. So I'll probably going to fish the grass with a spinner bait. Very nice. I love it. Aside from actually going out and buying fishing gear or, or anything like that, how has fishing kind of made its made itself a part of your lifestyle? Like I'll give you an example. Um, there is an, a, a moment that goes by where I don't, for whatever reason, have like soft plastics or drop shot weights in my pockets. They just, I don't remember putting them there, but they're there. How is it like that, that fishing's kind of become the everyday for you? So I can tell you that from usually March until October or November, yep. um, my family cannot use my truck because all my, my entire truck is just full of crap. Like I don't even wash it. I don't try yeah. to vacuum it out because every weekend I'm going fishing. So my black packs in there, usually my Dakota batteries in there, my, all my, you know, everything is in there except my rods or what's in my kayak. And and I don't take it out because you get out of a tournament on Saturday, I'm going to haul all that stuff out, take it in the house, put it away. And then five days later, grab it Throw and turn it, right it all around. In. So yeah, you, there's, you know, I got a full size back seat in my truck and, and I'm the only one that can get in my truck for yep. that whole tournament season. It makes sense. So, it makes yeah. sense. I, I've been there. And I mean, I, I try to fish four days a week. I'm like, I'm not unloading this. I leave yeah. my kayak strapped on uh, onto my roof rack for most <laughs> right days because I'm like, I've got the tree cover. I can keep it out of the sun. Yeah. All right. It's going to stay there because <laughs> I'm going to yeah. be using it. No, that's yeah. that's good, man. So, uh, Jason, go ahead. This is an opportunity for you uh, to go ahead and sort of promote uh, not only the club, if you want, but also like your own social media and stuff. If people want to kind of touch base with you, follow with what you're what you're doing on, kind of tag along for your adventures. Go ahead and promote what you have coming up. And if there's anything club related, if anybody's interested in joining or anything, let them know how they can do that too. Yeah, sure. So, um, as far as my own social media, uh, I've got Instagram. It's uh, uh, at obsessive compulsive fishing. Um, I'm a lot less active on, um, on Instagram. Um, and I don't know why, cause it's easier to make one post and share it to Facebook, but whatever. Um, um, Facebook, uh, you can find me there. Um, uh, it's all I use, um, Facebook for really is just fishing related stuff. Um, I don't use it for family or any of that stuff. So they can find me there. Uh, our trail is on both as well. Um, maniac anglers, uh, on Instagram and, um, Facebook. Uh, and as far as social media, that's really all I, uh, all I participate in, man. It's, you know, I got so much other stuff going on. The last thing I need is to be on Twitter and some of these (laughs) other new ones that are popping up or whatever prowler, whatever the heck that thing is. And or any of that other stuff, right, man, I just too busy as it is, but you you and I uh, are not the TikTok guys. No. Yeah, no, no, (laughs) not at all. 
So, you know, I've got a, I think I created a YouTube channel like a year and a half ago and I got two hard drives full of content, but I've never edited a single piece or uploaded anything yet, but, but I am out there, uh, but you won't find anything. Nice. Very nice. Well, Jason, this was really great, man. I'm glad we were able to do this. Um, we should, uh, I, I keep telling Sean, we need to plan some trips to fish, uh, in other new England States. I'm, I'm, I'm just about to get him into Connecticut. Right. It was, it's, nice. it's taken some, some pulling of teeth, but I think, I think we're just about there, but yeah, we would love to get up and fish with you in Maine sometime. So we'll have to make that happen for sure. Um, yeah, man, anytime. And yeah. you know, my, my downstairs and most of the guys on my trail, Ken, other areas, people in other state will tell you, man, if you want to come here and go fishing, I, you know, and more than welcome to even crash at my house. I got an extra room downstairs. It's my fishing room. It's kind of a mess, but there's an extra pull out couch. I yep. got cots and stuff like that. And I've had two or three guys crashing downstairs at my house before tournaments, you know, Ken's been here. Um, so more than welcome to come down anytime. And, and I'd love to take you guys fishing. Awesome, man. That'd be fantastic. We're definitely going to make that happen for sure. So thanks so much for doing this, Jay. I appreciate it. Uh, you have yourself a good one, man. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you having me and uh, and promoting the anglers in the region. So Absolutely. It's, uh, it makes a difference. Yeah, that's great, man. We're glad to be a part of it. All right. Take care, buddy. All right. All you right. Too. Have a good one. All right, guys. That That's going to do it for this show right here. I knew that you guys were going to appreciate all the good stuff that uh, Jason had to contribute, even even though the fishing locally is uh, is really, really a struggle uh, until at least until we, we can get some ice and uh, kind of dial some things in. You know, it's great that uh, we've got such an amazing network to bring some folks in and share their stories with It's kind of what it's all about. Sean, where, where are you, what are your feelings? Let's talk about our feelings. Let's talk. We're going to have another therapy session. Now it's my turn. Dude, we uh, we talked about some different stuff today. We I mean, did. I think that reflects. We got a lull in fishing, and uh, I'm planning on picking it back up this week as long as my school work's done. As long as I'm a, a proper student, we'll, I'll be back on the water, and I'll have some more uh, information for uh, for the listening public. Absolutely. So they can get a, you know, they can hear about me fishing cold water with uh, Nelson and John and swearing about it, and Nate. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and swearing about it. I think emphasis on the swearing about it. We should mic you guys up one of these days. You know, just get clips here and there. I wouldn't mind it. You yeah. hear a lot of swearing. Like a, you I'm know, all right with that. Positive and negative swearing. Yeah. Be like, holy never know. shit, look at that. That was amazing. Or can you fucking believe this? <laughs> Although, swear. actually, we, that's we, my boat even before it gets in the water. <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah. Those are the sounds that come from my boat. Oh, good, good stuff. No, we have uh, we have some good stuff that that's coming. I'm going to be getting out on the water and doing uh, doing a little bit. I've been. I got to tell you, the worst part about this time of year for me is the level of the amount of sunlight that we have uh, later in the day. You know, it, I, I used to love getting the podcast edited and then running my kids where they need to go in the evenings and then taking a couple hours on that. You know, the mo- Monday is like the only evening I've got totally off and taking a couple hours and fishing and there just isn't enough daylight to be able to make it happen, uh, to make it worthwhile. Not for a decent bank mission anyway. So, Well, I'm going to get into a uh, into an into an issue here because you brought this up. The only time I've ever signed a petition for anything in my life. For any government, oh okay, you know, state, 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 local, or federal, is yep. to remove fucking remove the the uh, either you know keep daylight savings year round at this part of the country, or put like Massachusetts and some of the other uh, uh, some of the other you know extreme eastern states mm-hmm. in the Atlantic time zone because I fucking hate this. Oh, it's it's the worst, man. It is absolutely the worst. It's, it's sun starts going down at four thirty, and you're like, yeah, it's it's done. I did have a nice. I, I hate. 
Oh, good. I did have a nice little stretch where I was able to actually get out before I would go and uh, and go and host trivia. I would go and fish for like an hour or two beforehand. Oh, it was the nicest little setup. Now it's just it it puts me there way too early. Uh, you know, I'd have to be out of the house just way, way, way too early. It just it it, it really kind of sucks. But you know, it that's par for the course. I'm already looking for spring. Already, I'm like and. Um- Wait till you get into ice fishing. Like I said, I yeah. got away from it for years, and I have a whole new out, you know, a whole new outlook on on ice fishing because, you know, you got a portable grill and a few tip ups. It's a different ball game. Oh, one hundred percent. It's true. Yeah, you'll, you'll. I think you'll like this. And uh, you know, just to wrap up on the time thing, like I said, I I hate the clock changes. I think they're stupid. I don't yep. think there's a point to them it's anymore. Just outdated. If they, you know? if there ever was, you know, and you can look online, there's always like fifty different theories about why they started it's stupid. It doesn't fit today's world. Yep. What is the point? All it does is fuck people up twice a year. And, uh, except for what Arizona and, uh, Arizona doesn't do it. I don't think Hawaii does it. And isn't there a part of like Indiana or Ohio that doesn't do it? Uh, but there, you know what? I think you might be right on Ohio. Well, there you go. We found the smartest people in the country because this is stupid. That yeah. we do this. It's dumb. It's fucking idiotic. Yeah. I hate it. And, uh, that's, uh, that's all I can say about that. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I think that'll about uh, wrap up today's episode, everybody. Just uh, another quick reminder that uh, we do have a new shop in the works for our Jigs and Bigs merchandise. Uh, we did have some people just this week that had gone and uh, ordered some stuff from from the current store. Those designs are still going to be available in this new store, but we're planning on launching when we get there with uh, a handful of other designs as well. So uh, once all that kind of – um, my, my goal is to make it as seamless of a transition as possible. So you guys will definitely want to go and check that stuff out. Also may have uh, an, 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 an additional um, coupon code for our patrons over at uh, our Patreon page that uh, they can save themselves a little bit of money on Jigs and Big Stuff as well. What's so funny? Coupons? Coupons. <laughs> my, my my wife and daughter are sick. You're telling me about coupons? How can I help you, sir? <laughs> It all goes back to the Jerky Boys every single time. It all goes back to the Jerky Boys. My yeah. goodness. All righty, guys. Well, I, that about that about wraps it up from us. Uh, you guys go ahead and uh, get out there. Share some of your fish stories with us. Feel free to jump into uh, our DMs on Instagram or, or shoot us a message over at jigsandbigs413 at gmail.com. Remember, uh, I'm, I'm serious. Like, if you have a roadkill story, then we'd love to hear it. Bring them on. I mean, you know, I mean, we'll talk about it. We may not even throw them in the podcast necessarily, but we might just do a live stream where we talk about roadkill. And bring everybody together that way through roadkill. <laughs> yeah, people people really got to be paying attention to that Facebook because um, our Facebook page because you've do you've done some live streams off the cuff. Some of them have been like five minutes ones you haven't even told me about. So yeah, I've been like, oh shit, Bobby did on one. And go for it. Yeah, yeah. But then the bigger ones like like the one on Thanksgiving that was nice to include me. That was we a had lot Delirious of fun. Angler. Yeah, and we was... didn't mention that too. We had we had Delirious and he was a blast. And that uh, was a good time. It was definitely that was, a good time. That was definitely off topic of fishing. I, did we even talk about fishing? We got on a ridiculousness we definitely oh, go, did. Yeah. we definitely uh well we i don't even know that we really talked about fishing much much at all other than we did review the jigs and go over mm-hmm. over some of that stuff so we didn't but we didn't talk about any kind of outings or anything like that i think we talked man jesus 
So there you go. There's a reason to pay yeah. attention. Or, you know, folks, if you want to see what our what our jigs look like, go ahead and look on our Facebook page. That video is still floating around yep, there, it's right? It's there, and yeah, it's, it's also yeah. all of the stuff that we post on our live streams that, that runs on either our Facebook page. It's also on our YouTube channel. So if you go to the Jigs and Bigs YouTube channel, you can watch that oh, stuff go back, everything, you know, and, and, and check it all out. Uh, there are plans for more of the of those. Um, Thanksgiving just seemed like the right kind of time to just go go ahead and jump out there with it and try and play around. I thought it worked out pretty well. Um, definitely all interesting to watch back. That's for sure. But yeah, check it out. Uh, <laughs> if, if definitely like our Facebook page. If you don't already, this way you'll at least get notifications when we do live streams over there. And the same thing with our, uh, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, you'll get a notification of when we're going live, when it happens. So that way, if, uh, if you're able to, you can jump right in. And what's cool about the live experience is that you can comment as it's going on and we'll involve you and, and kind of have a good conversation. I mean, come on, Sean, we I ended up getting a staff biologist on uh, because of that last live. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was actually Damn, awesome. And that was amazing. What else? We had the jig. We had the well. Let's cover the topics on that that two hour. You know, I know it stretched out to two hours, and we were after two hours, we were like, "What the hell? Did, what just happened?" Delirious yep. was like, "Well, Delirious was delirious." He's yeah. like, "You guys do this?" We're like, "We just we're here to make each other laugh at this point, pretty much." <laughs> so, you know, we have a good time just bullshitting about anything, and if if, if anybody's going to watch it and enjoy it, and you know, not think about any of the shenanigans that are going on in the world or country right now, then fuck, I'll keep talking. I don't care. And you never um, know who's going to get what out of the content that you put out, you know? So if somebody out there is finding value in it, hey, I'm not going to complain, you know? Yeah. But what, what did we cover? We covered we covered the jigs. We covered our our new staff biologist, Daniel from Louisiana. Yep. Daniel, we shout did, out to you. We also had a nice little breakdown in, uh, in Cajun cuisine. We talked a lot yes. about that. We talked a lot about food. We, we really did. did. We did talk like a lot eat. about food. Ah. You and I, you and I, you and I are not small mammals. We have to talk about no, food. No, it's true. Uh, what was the other thing we talked? I think we got into video games a little bit, didn't we? Because yeah. somebody brought up we need a Jigs and Bigs video game, which that spawned off a of spiral right. out of control quickly. Um, That's right. And we were talking about making like Delirious and Wild Bill like bosses and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> One of the obstacles on on the open world uh, was the dude bud was going to whip you know food out the window at us. You got to watch out for that's an obstacle. You got to jump a burger coming at you, or a, or a one bite bagel might be winging over your head. You never know. But yeah, we had some fun with that. That was a lot of that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it and, was. You know, I, I think Delirious was a little you now pasted <laughs> to the wall. He did. He. I don't think he expected quite what we. No, we, we just kind of jumped in and like ran with it. It's a little frightening, actually. Yeah. Although, I mean, I'll tell you, it says something. If, if we, if we, and I don't think that we did shake up Delirious, but if you can shake up Delirious, no. you're yeah. a special kind of stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, you're really, really special because you did something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that'll do it from us, guys. Uh, thanks so much. We really, really appreciate you guys listening, tuning into the show, following this. We are like just a, a handful of follows away from breaking the 7K mark on Instagram. So if you're not following us right now, uh, go on over and follow our Instagram. Um, it just does so much for my fragile ego. It really, really does. So go ahead, give us a follow over there. We're so, so close. The goal is ideally within a year of this podcast, uh, before April, I'd like to hit 10,000 just because I'd love to be able to share links in our story. That's all I want to do. Share links. Something cool's going on. Oh, Hey, we just dropped the, uh, the Western mass, uh, fishing report. Boom. Swipe up for it. That like, I feel like that would be like driving a Rolls Royce. 
voice. I don't know why. I think that's going to be amazing, but it is. So definitely go check it out. One uh, other real quick mention, uh, as you heard in the uh, in the show, that we do have uh, an ongoing Christmas giveaway, a fundraising Christmas giveaway for Toys for Tots that we're aligning with a slew of other Instagram pages, uh, and we're we're all doing this umbrella under stretching lines, uh, Angler's Gear. There's an amazing, amazing giveaway, some great prizes that you can win, uh, and also do something fantastic and support a great charity, Toys for Tots. Go check out Stretching Lines, Angler's Gear for that post, the or, the official post with all the rules. Uh, and follow the rules. You got to follow the rules. And uh, and you can win yourself some great stuff. It's going to be awesome. Follow the rules. Read the rules. Follow them. That's all I have. It's true. Guys, have yourself a good one. We'll see you next time. Tight lines. See, I knew we were going to have a great episode for you guys today. Even though the fishing has been kind of weak as far as uh, our local waters and our adventures getting out there, still managed to put together. We still managed to polish a turd. If nothing else, we have polished a turd for you guys, and we're giving you the best that we've got, as always. So, Hey, Bobby, Bobby, hold on. I can't let that go. Start over again. That was awful. We can't. We can't say we're polishing a turd for our podcast. What? That sucks. That is trying to be negative real. shit. That's the most <laughs> negative shit I've ever heard you say. Come on, we got. We can do better than fucking that. Hey, here's your turd. Suck on it. No. That's fucking awful. Why don't we just say? Why don't we just come back for break and be like, Hey, here we are. Why the fuck are you listening? <laughs> We start well, seriously. good news, folks. This is the end of the podcast. Uh, you've reached the end of it. Good job. You made it this far. Hope you're fucking proud of yourself. End. 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 <laughs> Buy our shit. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Listen, keep that one around because that is a... Uh, that's a fucking, 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 fucking. That might a, be an Easter egg. egg. That might be that's an Easter egg. egg. I, I won't delete it. I'm going to leave it. So I agree. Yeah, right.